Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Friday, finally. I'm really looking forward to Friday this week. We are here live. It is uh, November 17th. We've got a free-for-all here for the first hour. Then I will be joined by the crew. I know uh, Joel and Henry are showing up today. I don't know if we've heard from Alec yet. And we will uh, bring you an episode of Trucking Technology and Efficiency. Jump in right now, 855-950-3835. Phone lines are open. Uh, I have a couple things I can talk about, but I'd rather uh, take your calls. So line them up. Um, Where do I want to start today? I'm feeling better. That's a good thing. Yesterday I felt fine, but I just could not get rid of this cough, and it was annoying, and then it was giving me a headache, and I think that broke a little bit. So I'm looking forward to really the first day off since I left the house, and that was about a month ago, if I remember right. Uh, It's just been a very, very busy time on the road. So uh, I've got a little bit of a break here this weekend. I'm mostly just hanging out, maybe do some cleaning in here, get caught up on some things, maybe do some reading just for enjoyment. I haven't done that in a while. And then... um, I think sometime Sunday, I'm going to head over to uh, Fleet Air Filters over in Theodore, Alabama. It's not that far away. Um, So Monday, I might be doing my show from the parking lot of Fleet Air Filter. Then I'm going to make my way back north. I'm going to try to stop at uh, Freight Waves in Chattanooga and maybe do a show or two with those guys if they're open for it and they have time and then i'll head back to nashville uh for thanksgiving away from home um but i have an invite so that's kind of nice and then the new entrant survival training at nastic i will be sitting in on that with uh, david owen david still does that training every month personally so uh, i'm looking forward to sitting through that i think i'm gonna I think I've got some ideas. We, um, I'm working on kind of a big idea. We'll, we'll talk about that later. That was just a little teaser. Uh, other than that, I, I'm really starting to focus on climbing out of the hole that freight is in. We, we will climb out. Not sure when it's going to be, but I think it's time. If you are interested in getting into the market, maybe changing what you're doing, now is the time right now we have the um, group coaching both health and business that you could join if you need some help on that you're going to get personal direction i'm working on another idea as well this is the time not necessarily to to pull the trigger yet uh but you know one of the um one of the sayings i kind of live by with projects and is um Ready, fire, aim. And, and what that means is in any big project, there is a lot you can get ready. And that's what you should be working on right now. You should be learning. You should be writing and rewriting your business plan and your business model. You should be working on your budgeting. There's a lot you could be doing. You could be listening to good business books. If you need some recommendations, call me. You should be getting ready. But I I tend to find two people in projects, two different types of people. 
Um, I tend to be more of the first, and I've had to work on this a lot over the years. I tend to just jump into the pool head first and see what happens. That leaves a lot of room for error. But I also know other people who will analyze forever and never pull the trigger. You, you want to find that sweet spot in the middle, which is get as ready as you can, but don't over-analyze everything. At some point, you're ready. You pull the trigger. You figure out what works and what isn't working, and then you re-aim. Ready, fire, aim. So with that in mind, I, uh, I'm working on a pretty big project to help people do that. And we may be launching that one pretty quick. We'll see. We've got a lot going on in the background. Good stuff. All exciting stuff. And um, I think it's time to kind of ignore. I don't want to say ignore. I'm not focused so much on, on the bad news and the downside. I, I think we're there. I, I can't see things getting a whole lot worse. There are many analysts who thinks, think things will start to get better sometime soon. That's why this is a really good time to get started on the ready part. Get as ready as you possibly can. If you need help with that, give me a call. Let's, uh, boy, the phones are flooding. Let's, uh, let's get to some calls. Let's get started in Illinois. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Hey, hey uh, over and oil. Re- re- real quick, I just want to do a couple quick sound checks to make sure we're on the right track here. I totally revamped the entire system yesterday because we've had that static issue that I just could not get rid of. So I'm on a brand new laptop today that I spent all yesterday and most of last night setting up. Uh, all new cables, and in the process of resetting things up, I think I finally accomplished getting the phone out of the system. So I just want to make sure everything's sounding right. Is, does this phone call sound all right to you? Are you not hearing an echo of me or yourself? No, it sounds real good to me. Perfect, perfect, thanks. All right, go ahead. Hey, I sent over earlier this morning, I sent over an oil sample to uh, sample at Let's Truck. I was... I'm kind of new to the OPS and new to the players' uh, samples. Got it. Okay. Let's. Uh, was wondering if there was a couple things I had questions on, anyways. And all right, I'm gonna. I'm just it, taking a look at things overall here. Hey, I, I just had an idea. I know this isn't going to be a perfect solution, um, but it would definitely help. I, I've asked Polaris to add a field to this form or to change this form, and, and for whatever reason, they're not going to do it. I love the company, but uh, this form could use some work. Here, here's one thing we could do. Um, under manufacture, when it, you, know, you put in Volvo, which is perfect, I would encourage people to put in the year. It really does matter, and okay. it's a question I always have to ask because they don't have it on the form, but the the engine models have changed sometimes pretty significantly over the years, so I, I do need to know what year. So what year is this one? This is a 24. It's with a TC motor. Okay, so we've got... Am I reading this right? Do you have 450,000 miles on this truck already? 
No, no, no. I'm as I'm sitting right now. I'm at seventy three thousand on it. So at oh, forty five thousand, I did the oh, first oil change. Oh, or not for, the first oil change, but the first sample. Forty five thousand. You wrote in four hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, all right. Got yep, too, yep, yep. Got, I see that now. Anyways, got, got too many zeros there. All right, that's okay. So we've got that cleared up. Um, I'm I'm a little uh, a little confused. So your copper, right, so we, <laughs> yeah, your copper we can ignore. So just ignore the copper. When copper shows up alone and you've had no lead, zero on the history of this truck, not even one, that's pretty incredible. So the copper can't be coming from the bearings. And that's what we watch copper for. The other place copper comes from is the um, oil cooler. And it doesn't, okay. it doesn't matter. It can go up to a thousand, and it's not going to matter. For some reason, copper will sometimes leach out of that cooler. It doesn't hurt anything. It's not a sign of anything. Just happens. So, we can ignore that. What I'm concerned about is the aluminum. Um, I don't. Okay. My other question. Oh, go ahead. My concern too was how much of this is from break-in. Or anything like that. Could some of this stuff still be carry over from breaking? You know, it, it's possible. It, it's possible, but aluminum actually went up. I just it, it only went up one, and I I've never seen break in um, be that high. You know, on aluminum, maybe we would see seven, eight, nine on the first couple of samples. You're at eighteen and nineteen. It's not horrible, but it it's a little concerning. Hmm. It's not enough to even attempt to try to go figure anything out. All we can really do is watch. Um, I would start doing your samples on 25,000 miles or as close as possible, and I think you were pretty close on this one. Um, and, I did yeah, one at 30 and one at 22 or something. Yeah, and, and all we can do is keep an eye on it. Like I say, we can ignore the copper, ignore the potassium because it's by itself, so that is meaningless. Um, is this engine running hot? No. I mean, you're talking like oil or the coolant? Well, oil. Well, oil's more important in this case no. because oil is what's in contact with all of our internal engine parts. So if we get hot spots in there, the reason I'm wondering, um, you've got oxidation on this oil already. That's just odd. That That's yeah. usually an indication of high heat somewhere. All right. Uh, oil oil runs around 226 to about 230 tops. That shouldn't be a problem. Uh, this might just be a weird wear-in. I mean, all, all we can do, it's not we're trying to track any of that stuff down yet because it's not clear. I'm not seeing a clear picture of what's going on. Your base is dropping. Um, we can add base. I, I just think that uh, I wish the oil manufacturers would get on board and start putting a little bit of base back in their oil. They, they claim that we don't really need it, but we do. I mean, if, if we're dropping low on base, then we, we always have the risk of uh, building up an acidic environment. So I don't see why we don't need it as much as we used to, and there just doesn't seem to be as much in the oil these days. Um, so it just I, I, would, I would find a product... Um, to add base. Pittsburgh Power has one. There's a couple on the market. I would just keep it handy. Looks like you're probably going to need it if you keep extending drains. Um, did you change the oil on this one? 
I have not yet. No, I was wondering so, whether or not I think you thought I could get away with just adding base and going a little longer yet. Cause I'm, I, I'm only at like 60 some thousand. I know. Um, the, you're not even I'm, at the recommended oil change interval yet. Um, no, <laughs> I, I would. That's, a, that's why I threw up a red flag. <laughs> yeah. I, I would add some base and try one more time. If we still get these numbers kind of building up, then I would recommend changing the oil so we can get a fresh start and see what's really happening. But I would go one more sample. Okay. All right. That's what I was hoping you'd tell me, but I wasn't for sure. Because like I say, I'm kind of new to this, so or the, the sampling part. Yeah, well, congratulations on starting a sampling program. <laughs> Sounds real good. Yeah, uh, and we'll give it a whirl anyways and give it a shot, see what happens. All right. Sounds and good. Just do, I also wanted to throw out there, too, anyways, I was all the way back. Uh, I went to one of your CMCs back when you were in Minneapolis. I think that was like an 06, 07, somewhere in that ballpark. Wow. That's how long I've been listening. Wow, Minneapolis. I don't even remember that one. Where were we? I know uh, we were at some dump hotel uh, because that's that's where I did them back then. <laughs> um, yep, that's what, that's what we did anyway, somewhere in that ballpark. There's only about 20 of us or 18 of us or so in that room. Yeah, the, in um, I started at 05. Minneapolis must have been in 06 at some point. In 07, um, we started expanding it, and then we went to just two a year instead of one a month, and then one a year. Uh I just do not remember the Minneapolis event. Well, huh. That's the only one I've been to. I remember that anyways. But Well, thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Sounds good. I appreciate the call. All right. Take care. Um, call me on the next sample. I want to take a look at it. Uh, let's, uh, what am I doing here? Um, I've got guests coming in already. So I'll, uh, I'll be bringing guests in here soon and we'll just, We'll make it a kind of pseudo free-for-all. We can focus on uh, technology and efficiency, but we'll take whatever call you have today. Let's go to Alabama. Matt, welcome. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? I don't know if uh, you've seen or heard the news, but Mint, <sighs> which we've been talking about for many, many years, they're going to close the site down. Ah, I'm so disappointed with that. I love that yep. site, and I know they're moving everything over to Credit Karma. I have no idea how that's all going to work. Um, I haven't even checked to see if, if you know, Credit Karma is only an app, or can I see my stuff online? Uh, you know, I've been really, really early in technology for a long, long time, about five decades now, but I just do not like the move to everything on my phone. Yeah, me either. Um I mean, I use several apps on my phone. Yeah, I, I do too. Would, especially numbers and that, I I always prefer the, the laptop and a bigger that, screen. That That's a big one. And, you know, as far, like fuel gauges for us, you can certainly use the app on your phone, but if you want to see more detail, more info, you can go online and do it. Our next version of profit gauges will be the same way. It will be run on an app, which will be really convenient for a lot of things. But you will still be able to go to the full Profit Gages website and see all your reports. I, I don't know if Credit Karma even offers that. Yeah, well, yeah. And so the reason behind it, you know, Intuit is the parent company. Well, they bought Credit Karma, I think, a year or two ago. Yeah. So they're just merging everything. And, you know, Credit Karma, I believe, is going to be a paid service. 
Well, there's another problem. Um, the, so. the, the free stuff has been pretty awesome all these yep, years. Yep, it's going away. Yeah. Yep. Now, look. So, yeah, I, I, me personally, I'm going to move to Dave Ramsey's paid stuff because I, I already use the free side just to write out a budget, but I've never gone oh, to okay. it. It's a paid, and it does the same thing. It'll bring in all your accounts and label everything. So, Oh, perfect. You can be our tester then. If you like it, I'll switch. Because, yep. yeah. He's been advertising, you know, for a month now about mint. Clothing. Oh, good, good. And believe it or not, his original software he actually did lease from Intuit. So originally, oh, I'll bet their connective yeah. software to get to your bank was just run through Intuit. They have written their own now, and they're 100 percent independent. But yeah, no, that's that's, uh, that's how I, I I like that option. I'd like to uh, support Dave Ramsey. So yeah, check check it yep. out. Let me know. I'll I'll skip Credit Karma completely if that's the case. Yep. Well, yeah, that's me too. If it's gonna be, if I'm gonna pay for it, I'd rather pay. Yeah. Somebody, I'd, I'd rather give the money to. I'd nothing against Credit Karma, but yeah. I, uh, you, you know, know they're gonna they're I, gonna advertise and try to sell you credit cards. Exactly, and you know they did some of that in Mint, and I was okay with that because it's free. But if I'm going to pay, yep. that stuff better disappear. I don't want to see any of that stuff. I'll I'll put up with it because you know you got to pay for stuff somehow. And if you're willing to give me your service free just to get my attention and you know serve me ads, I'm all right with that. Um, and I I loved Intuit for decades. I. I bought their first program when it first came out. I probably had it in the first month that was on the market. And this was back in the 80s. They, uh, QuickBook, no, not QuickBooks. Was it Qu- what was their? Quicken. F- Quicken, that's right. Quicken, their personal home finance was out really early. I started with them then. A year or two later, they came out with QuickBooks, switched to that, loved it. Still, We still use it today for our business. Uh, at some point, it just wasn't good for trucks. Most of profit gauges was built off of concepts I learned in QuickBooks. So, and when I was doing taxes, we used um, Intuit's professional tax software, and I loved that too. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes companies just get so big and they're not what they used to be, and that's kind of what's going on at Intuit. Yep. So, one other thing just on the stock market. If you remember, I believe it was mid-July, I called and we were talking about how the the stock market was going crazy and we're probably going to break a new high record. Yeah. I I figured, you know, the rate it was going before the end of the month of July. Right. My prediction was way wrong. It went way down. (laughs) And now we're, we're getting close to getting back to where it was in July. And uh, I don't know the exact date, but I know it's January 2nd or 4th or somewhere, the first week of January of 21, or no, 22 was the record high. Yeah. Or was it 21? I don't remember. It, it, we're coming up on almost two years. Okay. So That's 22, if, if I think, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. If we don't get a, a few hundred more points by, by January, we'll have had 24 months off the high. And I don't see it climbing. I mean, at the end of the year, things always get goofy in the stock market because, you know, companies closing out books and they pull some strings to try to make their stock look better for year-end closeout. 
but you know what? Well, yeah, one of the other things, this has been such a confusing market. So many things have been weird in the last four years. Um, one of the things to remember is many times early in inflation, the stock market goes up because companies' numbers go up. They start raising prices. Their their sales go up. That looks good on, on the books. Yeah, and their stock price goes up. But then after a while, all the effects of inflation start to, to hit the, the business itself. And for us, there was never an increase. We, we have not raised a single price on anything uh, because of inflation. So for us, it's just been a bigger expense. But a lot of the, the you know corporations that jumped in with higher prices or smaller quantities for the same price uh, sometimes that shows up in the market as a positive. But there are so many confusing factors I- in the market right now. I really don't even pay much attention to it these days. And, yeah, like you have been talking about different analysts. You know, some say we're we're on the verge of, of growth. Yeah. And, I, and there are segments that actually prove that is possible, but I don't think the whole thing is a – as a whole, is headed that direction. Doesn't I mean, feel like it. our end of it. The transportation, you know, we're we're in a pretty good recession. Yes, on the freight side, and I think the automotive market is not far behind. Because I am interested in upgrading pickup trucks, so I've been watching for about a year. Yeah, because the prices have just been way too crazy to even think about. And yeah, one ton diesel pickups, they're they're starting to come down. Yeah, that, that, outrageous. yeah, that that market is starting to change pretty fast. I follow uh, a, a lot of car guys that that post numbers from the auto industry, and the news in the auto industry is not good. Uh, we're not seeing it no. yet, but when you look at the numbers in the background, uh, it looks like the yep. the, the percentage uh, of yeah. loads that have or uh, loans that have per, per, surpassed sixty days delinquent yep. is way up. Yep. And, um, and then, yeah, the, the Google term, you know, they do the searches, people searching on how do I turn my lease back in, how to, you know, how to yep. get rid of a vehicle you're upside down in. I guess those searches are through the roof. And many, many companies in the auto finance world are gone. They, they were the first to go. It happened fast. Um, so there, there are a lot of signs that the auto industry is in for some really rough times. Well, it's not to not to prey on people having problems, but that's what I'm waiting for. Well, exactly. Is, you know, I, I, I want my deal because I'm. I, I would have bought a newer, not a new, but you know, newer to me pickup two years ago if prices hadn't just, been as stupid as they were. Right, right. You know, I, I I know a lot of people hate this, but it it's the real world, and you just have to understand it's the real world, and it's not changing. A free market economy is a lot like nature. The strong survive. That That's all. And, and you can't write enough rules and regulations to protect everybody. You just can't. And, and I'm so sick of more and more regulations. Um, I, I just posted something this morning. Um, you know what? I just posted and I can't even remember what the topic was because I post so much stuff. But it was... Uh, Something to do with trucking. I think it was something to do with brokers. What was it? But anyway, they, yeah, I think it was financial regulation around brokers and, and some other crap. Uh, but anyway, all they said was, 
we already have a the, their their words from the government. We already have a very complex set of rules around this, but they're not working, so we have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, that's basically what they're saying. But isn't that what we run into in almost every regulation? They write it. A couple years later, people start complaining. It's it's not. We still have the problem. And we go back and look, well, well, they already wrote a regulation about this. What more do you want? I I would love to just see, let's just do a year of no new regulations whatsoever. You have to spend the entire year getting rid of all the bullshit that's already on the books. Yeah, wasn't it Trump that said for every new regulation, we got to get rid of two, or I don't remember. And he was working on it. What was years ago. And and didn't the economy get better? I mean, it was certainly better for yeah. us. Business was great then. Yep. So uh, I'll leave you with one last thing before you move on. You were talking about reading this weekend and relaxing. Yes. Uh, a caller several months ago called and recommended the mysterious case of Rudolph Diesel. Oh, yeah. I just I finished that book last week, and it is very good. Is that on Kindle, do you know? I'm pretty sure. So... It's it's his life story, and then goes into the, you know the diesel engine, and it even covers Rockefeller, you know, and the oil. It covers oh, what the um, Nobel Peace Prize, uh, the Nobel family, it, which is ironic, you know, they invented dynamite, and the one brother got so nervous about their name being used as a destruction in history that that's why they came up with the with the Peace Prize because <laughs> they wanted their name to have something good behind it. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it's just an interesting side note. So Douglas Brunt is the author. All right. I might... I've never heard of him. You've probably never heard, but you know his wife. Uh, really? His wife is Megan Kelly. No way. Yep. Really? Huh. All right. Well, that's that interesting. Was, that was just an interesting connection there, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of that guy either, but uh, yeah, his wife... Knows what? Well, I don't know her, but I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'll, I'll add it to my growing pile of books. The hardest, <laughs> the hardest decision I make anymore is looking at my book list and wondering what I should read next. Nope. All righty. I'll let you move along. All right. Thanks for the call. Good info. Joel, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm recovering. This is this is the best day I've yeah. had in several, so uh, that's that's good, and it's the well, weekend. Good. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in the mood to rant and rave and awesome. piss a lot of people off. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot been going on, so I I just wanted a few subjects I wanted to touch on, and well, uh, well the, one of them has to do with 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 overtime. And I just kind of want to give everybody an update what we're doing internally and how it's working. Well, hey, hey, and, hey, Joel, Joel, mm-hmm. let, let me mm-hmm. let me help you out mm-hmm. here. First off, in a minute, I'm going to give you the floor here. You can rant all you want. It's all yours. But before, mm-hmm. I, I want to help you out here. You, you don't need to sure. work on this, Joel. The government's got it. They're, they're on this. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll fix this. Yeah, well, let's we'll, we'll we will talk about that. I, I I heard you talk about regulation and and how you you don't like regulation and and you despise it and free markets. You know they they need to work on their own. And I just think it's odd that 
when the government deregulated trucking, they forgot to remove probably the most important regulation that they had saddled the employee drivers with. It, and I, I, I don't think that was an oversight. I think that was purposely done. Of course. Um, I mean, when you, think about, when you think about what are the keys to all of the success of the big box stores, all the imported goods that come into America, it's our cheap supply chain. Yeah. And, the, the, and it's decimated our industrial base. You're the same age as I am or close. You remember back in the 70s and Northeast Ohio was probably the mecca yeah, for was. small industry. Yeah, it was. It's all now, gone. And because we can make widgets for 59 cents in China, ship them all the way across the ocean, drop them in the port in California and truck them across the country for virtually nothing. And let me tell you some of the uh, fallout from that. So uh, I, I talked about this a couple of years ago when we did it. Um, we still had a house in Salem, Ohio, which is very mm-hmm. close to Pittsburgh. It, it's right in that the rust belt, the steel belt, all of that. Um, beautiful, large home on a beautiful, mm-hmm. large lot on a nice, quiet street. And we were able mm-hmm. to get a whopping hundred and seventy some thousand dollars for it. it. It was it was so sad. Um, and then you know, in places, other places, that house where I live right now, that that house, this mm-hmm. is not an exaggeration, would be on that lot would be seven to eight hundred thousand dollars. And we just sold it a couple of years ago. Couldn't sure. even get two hundred thousand yeah. out of it because. That area has been so decimated and depressed by that. Sure, sure. And, you know, the other thing that might want to kind of keep in the back of our mind and being a, a history guy, when you look at wars and there's a lot of, a lot of that going on today. So what wins a major war or a major conflict? It's manufacturing. Yes. Um, we won World War II, not, not because we were smarter or braver or anything else. It's simply because we outproduced everybody. And we have all the uh, raw materials do could, to do it. Yes, but could we could we produce today like we did back then? The answer is oh, no. Hell no. Because all of our factories are gone. Hell no. We we not, right. they're all they're all setting in Shanghai and Chongqing and you know, they're <laughs> setting in China. So if if we were to get into a war and it did, and we couldn't end it quickly with a knockout punch. We're in a world of hurt because we just simply cannot produce the stuff you know, like we used to. You know, one thing that um, we don't produce at all here anymore, and is actually, I, I I don't think they're all that important in everyday life because we we've screwed them up so bad. But in war, they're really important. Um, China, I think, manufactures all of the antibiotics now. Correct. Yes, yeah. a, a lot of stuff. You know, we. We have gotten to the point where we're we're so we're looking at look we want the masses to be able to buy fifty nine cent widgets at Walmart and be damned everything else. I, I'm confused. You know, that, that's that's I, I'm a little confused. We're, we're at but that point. If yeah. that's the case, if we if and it's obvious that everybody wants really cheap stuff and a lot of it because that yeah. you, you can watch the consumer patterns. That's what they do. But where did this whole phrase come from? Say no to cheap freight. I, I thought cheap was good. <laughs> well, this this all ties in. You you probably see where I'm going to build yeah. the case here when when we start to talk about overtime and how we're going to pay for it and why the mega carriers resist it. And there's there's a lot of reasons for all this. And and I kind of like to break some of this down. 
today because some of this is not what people think. And one of the big things that I see out on social media is I get, I get the Kevin Rutherford answer, free markets say, solve everything. And that's true to a point. Well, um, of course. I prefer, right. to see, I prefer to see a fair free market. Uh, free markets that work for the masses and not for the few are so, the, 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 free mar- the free markets that I prefer. Y- yeah, um, when so, we don't regulate a free market at all, what happens is exactly what happened early in American industrial history. You get the Rockefellers and them that are in charge yeah. of everything and take that, advantage of you've got 13 and 14-year-old labor working in sweatshops, and it, it goes off the rails. No, but it's a free market. No doubt. Now, I, I'm a libertarian, not an anarchist. No rules uh, or regulations yes. is anarchy. I've never recommended that. What, but true, exactly. true capitalism works just fine with logical um, regulations. What we've used but regulations correct. for is to create crony capitalism, and we end up with exactly. the exact same yes. situation as when we had no rules. Right. And, and keep that crony capitalism in mind when we talk about the megas and overtime. Yes. Um, you know, think about we've always said that the advantage of a mega carrier is economies of scale and not efficiency. Right. And so one of the ways that I am beginning to really see clearly in my business by paying overtime is we can do it. What we're seeing is about a 36 percent increase in driver's wages versus 65 cents a mile straight pay. OK. And that's 22 cents a mile and twenty two dollars an hour plus overtime. So we've seen a 36 percent increase in the driver's wages. So we both know we both know this, that. The average fuel economy in the United States is a joke for commercial vehicles. 6.6. 6.8 is an uh, Oh, did it go up joke? a little? Did it go up a little? It, it, it may have. <laughs> six, 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 eight, use yeah. whichever, whichever number you want to use. It's an absolute shame. Oh. It's a joke. Uh, and right there, right there versus where I'm at, at 10.4, that pays for this, this, this overtime that we're talking about for employee drivers probably more than pays for it, but also we have significant maintenance savings. It's very hard for a mega fleet to efficiently manage a fleet. They do it all on economies of scale. So now you start to understand why they're so vehemently opposed to overtime. Yeah, Because they have a very hard time, a very, very, very hard time. And the big advantage is to us, the small, small carriers – that have two, three, four, five employees, once you start to understand efficiency and get your mind around it, you can pay overtime. Yeah. You can afford it probably better than the megas can. And this is what they're afraid of. They don't want this happening because they, look, when you, when you listen to mega carriers talk about the issue, well, how would you enforce it? They're just plain ass lazy. Correct. They don't want to sit down, take the time to figure out how do we how do we track it and, and, and make it work inside our system? Small carriers, it's very easy to do. And, you know, everybody's kind of duped on this as far as the small carriers. They're scared to death of it. And, you know, and, and, then, and then you hear the, the story, well, it's, it's going to be inflationary. Initially, it will be inflationary. But it, we may need that to bring our industrial base back where it belongs. Yes. And as long as we have super cheap supply chain, that operates 
with employees that are getting paid below what's normal and customary compared to every other worker in the United States, we're we're supplying cheap goods on the backs of the employee driver. If anybody in this industry has a reason to bitch, it's not owner operators. Correct. It's employee drivers. I could not they agree more. They are the more. only ones I yeah, I think that have a legitimate bitch in this industry. It is well, employee drivers. We solve that employee driver issue. It takes care of a lot of the safety issues. It takes care of a lot of the detention issues. A lot of things go away, get better, and I think it's good for our industrial and manufacturing base. You know where there is another huge pile of cash just sitting that could help the mega carriers and bigger carriers solve this? Where's that? Turnover. Oh, there is. Millions. We are so inefficient. Yeah, millions and millions of dollars in recruiting budgets, and and then what about the administrative cost? You know, I always use this number. I think Swift has north of fifteen thousand drivers. I don't. I don't know what the what the number is, but it's big, and yeah. they have a hundred percent turnover. Right. I did the math one time. It right. is hundreds of drivers a day. What does that cost you to process all of that? And what does it cost you in lost inefficiency because your new driver is always your worst driver? He's your most unsafe driver because he's in a new situation. Right. Our model is extremely inefficient, and we balance it on the backs of employee drivers, and that's the bottom line. I agree. There's no other way around that. They can spend that shit however they want to. I've lived it. You've lived it. We know what's going on. We know our industry is extremely inefficient. We know that upper-level management has an economy-of-scale mindset of these big carriers. They don't even want to attempt to dive into the efficiency part of it. And so it's just plain easier to balance it on these chumps' backs and leverage and and go and talk to Congress and say, hey, we can't do this. It's impossible to implement, scare everybody, and we got what we've got. So two things. A big big shit show. (laughs) I I think it's a big reason you and I have focused our entire career on the owner-operator world, because this isn't a problem there. This is easy to fix. I I, I love the owner-operator world because of that. Um, And here's the other thing. If you, you know, that, that bill is spreading all over the place, you know, it's in Congress right now to force companies to pay overtime, say anything negative Mm -hmm. about it. And all of a sudden you don't like employees. I could I couldn't be further from the truth. I'd love to help these guys. I just don't know how and this isn't the way. Well, I think one thing we have to remember is that look, overtime is normal and customary for employees in the United States. And this is not another regulation. It is simply removing a regulation that was put in place to deny Correct. The benefits so, that everybody else has. And that is wrong. That, and I don't care if you're conservative, if you're liberal. That's just plain wrong. These are human beings. Everybody else is getting it. You know, I might sound like a bleeding heart liberal here, no, but I, it, it's just plain wrong. So here's, here's the problem I see because this is so common. Um, we may not be writing a new regulation. We're changing the regulations and... Nothing is being done within the industry to prepare for it. So there's a very good chance that driver wages will go down in the beginning. 
Correct. And and they will do that purposely to say, see, we told yeah, you this right. couldn't be done. Yeah, it's because a good they, point. they don't want to pick up that the 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 cost of developing the system to to manage overtime and to manage they don't want to manage their drivers correctly. They right. just want to be able to balance balance all their inefficiencies and all their nonsense on the backs of their employee drivers. Now, and let, that, I, I mean, I, I mean, I probably sound like a, a pro union liberal guy. I'm not really, but that is what is happening. Well, let's look at something else that's happening. So if we, we just outlined that in the owner operator world, this isn't a problem at all. I, I, I don't see right. a whole lot wrong in the owner operator world. That makes me all that crazy. I, I like that system in the employee. I, I, I agree with you in the employee world. It's an absolute disaster and it's not going to work until we get the industry to play as well as the government. And it's not going to be easy to unwind this thing, but it needs to be done. But what's the other bill being pushed through Congress right now, the PRO Act, which would get rid of a whole bunch of independent contractors. Uh, right. And make it even worse. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think I think it would make it even worse. So I think what people have to understand is why is, is overtime to employee drivers important. And to me, this may sound far-fetched to people, but I think it's legitimate. I think there's a national security component to this. We need our industrial base back here in the United States, and we will never have it back here as long as we've got guys out here working for peanuts as employee drivers. Uh, you know, number number two, it's a safety issue. Out on the road, all these pileups and stuff, if we do not have a time value component to a driver's pay, we are never going to solve hey. safety issues, ever. Hey, hey Joel. Ever. You know, w one of the uh -huh. ways we could highlight the fact that we have, oh, oh, the entire time I've been in this industry, I don't believe we had made a single improvement in safety. In fact, it's gotten no. worse. The, the reason we don't see it in the numbers is the equipment itself has gotten so much better. Imagine taking, taking today's crop of drivers and putting them in 1970-era trucks. It would be a bloodbath on the highway. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that, that leads us to the other kind of part of this that I see developing. Of course, the people that deal with the uh, autonomous trucks, they don't want overtime happening because they don't want these considered as, as good jobs. And it's easy for them <laughs> to kind of just take over the market. But yeah. think about what happens. And, I, okay, this is going to sound stupid, I know. But what happens if AI becomes self-aware and decides, I don't want you people eating and oh, all of our I, trucks are yeah. autonomous? They, what the hell happens? <laughs> we starve. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What happens when the North Koreans hack into the trucking network and they shut down half our trucks? What happens to the hospitals, the gas stations, the supermarkets if everything becomes autonomous? You know, they, this is stuff that we need to think about. And it all ties into, I think, overtime and making employee driving jobs and upper middle class profession like it was, you know, prior to deregulation. Now, I'm not advocating to go back to the regulation that we had before. I'm just saying, let's be fair about how we pay these drivers. Have what, uh, what we need obviously done is a time value component that has to be at least minimum wage and has to include overtime. 
how you want to break it up. If you want to do minimum wage plus 30 cents an hour or a mile, however you want to do it, I don't care, but it, it should meet at least those standards. And I think when it does, everything gets better for everybody, including the owner operator at that point, because the shippers and receivers, then they're going to have Schneider and JB Hunt on their ass. Get my truck out of your dock because I don't want to pay overtime on this. Yep. You, you, you know how this is going to go. Yeah. And then it becomes much easier for an owner operator to come into a potential customer because it'll be normal and customary to get the truck in and out of the dock efficiently because everybody's going to be on their ass. So it, it improves the industry. It improves the country, I think. It, would, would it be inflationary initially? Sure, it would. Over time, I think it's, uh, I think it's the right move, and I think it's something that really needs to happen. I agree. Good stuff. Let's... Um... Let's tag tag team some calls. What do you think? Absolutely. All right. Let's go to Texas. Paul, good morning. Howdy. Howdy. And don't forget the fact that the government want to put a cool switch in your car, so if all the trucks don't run and they turn off all the cars, <laughs> you'll have to walk. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always have to look for the silver lining. At that point, maybe we could start working on the obesity em- epidemic then. We'll all be walking everywhere. It's got to help some. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yesterday, Joel just talking about safety. So yesterday, I'm coming up, coming back north, up through Corpus Christi, up 77, and then you get on where 37, Interstate 37 and US 77 run together. Well, they got construction there, and the it's the second accident I've seen this year where a single truck, the last one was a dump truck, yesterday was a freight line of Cascadia, just the bobtail tractor. The right-hand lane is really rough, and because everybody wants to drive 70 mile an hour going through there, even though it's posted at 55, so I don't go in the right lane because it's too friggin' rough, and I think it contributed to the accident. But the guy come up there, and he got off, onto the the real rough bit and he hit the plastic barriers before the jersey wall on the right hand side the front wheel smacked it he nearly tipped over the right hand side was up on top of the jersey wall yanked the front axle out of it and he punched the fuel tank and it skidded across and blocked two lanes so i called 911 and uh, what's the nature of your call? You need police, fire, or ambulance. So I said, well, we've got a, a wreck here. But I, I don't know if the guy's injured. Walked up, opened the door. Opened the door. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. And he he was a young guy. Looked like he'd been hiding in his mother's basement from COVID for three years. Pasty white. <laughs> Didn't have green hair, though. But So I'm going to say there's an experience factor here, or a lack of it. But the pickup truck that I think he hit, It was a flatbed. He stopped in front of him, and when he found out that that driver was okay, he left. But not one single other person besides me stopped. I guarantee it went on Facebook, but no one stopped and said, oh, do you need a hand? So the cop showed up, and I I did one old-fashioned trick. I've never never had – well, I have done it once before on a gasoline engine, but this diesel fuel tank's got quite a gash in it at the back end, and I grabbed a cake of soap out of my toiletry bag and shoved it in there. That stopped that leak. I couldn't get yeah, the hole go. in the front. Of, couldn't get the hole in the front of the tank. I couldn't get to it, but 
got out my spill kit, my oil dry, and contained the spillage before the fire brigade got there. And then the, the cop shows up and he says, oh, did you see it? And I said, yeah, I was right behind him. But plenty of following distance, and my safety lady, she complimented me on not being involved in the accident because I had plenty of room to stop before I got to it. And um, the cops say, oh, so you seen it? I said, yeah, I've got the vi- the video as well on the dash cam. So I got that this morning and they sent it to them. So, but just crazy. Everybody's in a mad well, rush yeah, because they're paid by the mile. Yeah. Right. And you know that you're entitled to about a $25,000 bonus here for that quick environmental response stopping that fuel leak. Because that's exactly what it would have cost that company yeah. to clean that up. <laughs> you, know, you just send them a bill, you yeah, know, calls exactly. environmental response. So there you go, man. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, awesome. It'll be on the yeah, five-gallon bucket of oil dry. I tipped it down there, but the fuel's running towards all the lanes and it's like well I can, the fire brigade ain't here yet i'll contain it so i just got the bucket out and spread it down and nice one hard yeah nice nice so, no but i agree i agree with the premise though that it's you know you're you're getting paid by the mile um especially the younger more inexperienced drivers that's the only way you can really protect your paycheck if something goes wrong you get delayed somewhere the weather gets bad whatever it is you've got to run and you got to run hard. Yep. You get in a traffic jam, you're either going to take chances while you're in that traffic jam, or the second it breaks free, your foot's going to go to the floor because you're getting paid by the mile. And I'm sure we're going to we're going to get a whole bunch of guys call up. Oh, that's bullshit! I never do that. <laughs> I guarantee you, the overwhelming majority of guys that are getting paid by the mile, that's exactly what they do. I mean, I done it back in the day when I was getting because it just makes sense, right? You know, you don't. You don't feel like you're ever going to be involved in an accident. Right. You don't ever feel like you're going to be involved in an accident. I'm good enough. That won't happen to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to run it balls to the wall to, to, you know, make a better paycheck. And it's, it's, uh, time for pay by the mile to go away. It is easier. There's no doubt, but it needs to go away. Yeah. So then just the other day on one of the car hauler pages that I started following because I'm trying to sell my old trailer, but it's too much work for most people. No one's interested. But so there was a brand, there was a brand new Volvo V8 VAH Volvo 2024 Catral headrail uh-huh. and a uh-huh. 80 foot quick loader trailer, four hundred and nine thousand uh-huh. dollars. Is that all? Like, holy. Yeah. Is that all? It's like, oh, Jesus. Shit. I'm glad I bought mine one piece at a time, so it makes it a little less and for you. But. Exactly. But everybody yeah. needs to remember here as we talk about the stuff, the overtime and the pay by the mile, just keep in mind we are talking that this, this applies to employee drivers, not owner operators if you're an owner operator and you want to rate your stuff by the mile feel free i've got zero problem with it if if that's the way you want to operate your business so what we're talking about and what i'm bitching about today it uh it all really circles around or it it applies to the employee driver not the not the small business owner or the owner operator well and there there's no wonder that people are confused about this because we we have an association in the industry now that, I agree that held up pictures owner operators and business owners holding up signs in a picture saying all hours 
worked all hours paid overtime. Wow. I, oh, wait a minute. That that no we wonder are, we, why people are confused. We, we are it, our own we are our own worst enemy. I, I swear to God. We just I mean you could lay it out there gift wrapped on a golden platter and we'd screw it up getting to it. You know what I mean? It's just I, why do we do that? I don't understand. But we do. Yeah, we I, do it on a regular basis. I, I do know why we do it. And I, I, and you do the same thing. So we both work hard to fix why we have the problems that we have. Um, it's, it's education. It's nothing else. It, it is just yeah, total it, ignorance it of how things really work in the world, in business, in finance. Uh, it, it, our, our government indoctrination centers, also known as schools, um, have yep. failed us miserably in what they should be teaching us. And I, I, I think that it's by design. It's e- really easy to control uh, what, what ignorant I, people. What I find so interesting, though, is when you talk to an owner-operator or a guy that owns a, a single truck, and you ask him, why are you, why are you doing this? And you're not, a, oh, I like the freedom, and I like the independence, and I, I love all these things, except when it becomes a problem for you. Then you're talking like you're an employee, and... And you need to understand when you take that plunge, <laughs> you're well, not an employee well, anymore. There's nobody going to run and save you. You but, know, it, it's just, but, but, I, I but, don't know. It's just, but, it's very odd but, that that but, happens. But, but, but I, I participated. I get a trophy. I get a profit. I that, showed that, up. That's right. That's right. That, that's we the need attitude. participation wages. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, I, I went I, out and bought a truck and I'm a hero. I'm I, a hero. I Remember? showed up. Uh, they yeah. always tell us we're heroes on the radio. <laughs> we're heroes. <laughs> You should pay us because we're all heroes. You know. Uh, I know. I mean, come on. I know. Let's uh, let's bring Alec in so he can rant with us this morning. Alec, good morning. <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. Hey. I, here I am. I, I thought I was getting on the phone early, and I hear Joel on my favorite rant. And I'm like, oh, let me in. Let me in. <laughs> oh shoot. So yeah, I I, I sometimes. Uh, you know, this makes my blood boil. And by the way, I, as a preface, I just have to let you know, um, years ago, you used to talk about your Garmin watch and how refreshed your batteries were yes. by looking at your Garmin watch. Okay, so I, I don't have a Garmin. I, I have a competitive product. But I got the highest score last night that I've ever had in my life. Do, I got a 91. Do you have and an I'm on the second ring? cup of coffee. Uh, no, I do not have an aura okay. ring. I've got the Samsung no. watch. Got it. 90, whatever it is. 91's Five. awesome. Yeah, and second cup of coffee. So I'm not taking any names. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm well past that. Uh, so, I, um, I came here to take names know, and uh, kick uh, ass, and I'm not going to take any names. Exactly. <laughs> so on the education front, uh, you're, you're, it's a two-edged sword. So there has to be enough education to meet the minimum. Um, so, you know, the government indoctrination center, as you put it, um, that's the bare minimum. It's in most folks, especially in trucking, unfortunately, for whatever reason, that's as far as they go. They don't get the business schooling or the business education and so on. And that's what's required to look beyond, as you said, um, you know, the immediacy. So when you make that plunge, as you've described, going from, um, you know, company driver, you know, and now you're a hero and you expect the trophy, 
you know, a lot of the security that comes with being a company driver uh, goes out the door. And you're now in the big pond, if you will, and uh, it's a sink or swim situation. So uh, you got to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So that's the first comment. The second is um, we, and, and I think what Joel was saying, I didn't hear all of it, but getting rid of the overtime exemption, you know, trucking carriers should not have, I'll call it an advantage to other labor markets. Let everything be the same. Level the playing field. Don't give a leg up to anybody else because that in and of itself is contributing to all the problems that we now see, whether it's detention time, whether it's driver pay, training and retention, uh, international competitiveness, the national economy, the supply chain. I mean, you go down the list and all its origins are going to end up right here. So with all due respect, if there's any that's due, so, the FMCSA, the DOT, and the Department of Labor need to look at this thing in a comprehensive fashion wait, rather than putting lipstick on the pig. And uh, with that, I'll yield. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here. <laughs> and I, I will probably almost always be looked at the anti-regulation guy because I push it a lot. But here, here's mm-hmm. why. You just said it. The alphabet soup, the FMCSA, the DOT the Department of Labor, how many other organizations can we get involved in this? And my biggest problem, I don't get to vote for any of those people. I do not want them writing any regulations. These things should be controlled by people we get to vote for. That's how our country was designed. And now we are completely controlled by bureaucrats that have lifetime appointments, it seems like, and we don't get any choice about them. So I I will always be heavy anti-regulation until we fix the government back to the way it was designed. It was never designed to allow bureaucrats to have this much control. When you go back to what you said earlier and, and kind of what I stated, I'm all for free markets as long as they're fair. And this government bureaucracy is just simply a way to control the free market and direct the majority of the benefit to the haves and not to the middle class where it actually belongs. And it's, it's just that simple. It is crony capitalism. And then capitalism yeah. itself gets blamed for, for all the problems. Yes. Yeah. But we don't have mm-hmm. yes. capitalism. We we have a government that is now run by bureaucrats, and it is pure crony capitalism. They use regulations yeah. to pick winners and losers, not to make anything better. Correct. And I, I think we've been so brainwashed in our industry that we've got uh, just a ton of owner operators and company drivers that are going, Oh no, no, we don't want, we don't want any overtime. We don't want that. And it's, it's more regular. It's actually less regulation. It's, it's bringing us back down to where we belong. And, you know, especially for the company driver, it is to your direct benefit. It is to the nation's benefit that you are being compensated fairly correctly and to what is normal and customary um, amongst our, our peers, construction workers, um, steel workers, auto workers, they all get it. Mm-hmm. And you're in a more important job than they are when it comes right down to it, because there's a huge safety aspect going on here that affects the motoring public in general that factory workers don't have. And for us to be excluded mm-hmm. just 
that alone should should be enough to say, hey, look, there needs to be time component to their pay. There needs to be overtime so these folks can slow their trucks down when there's a snowstorm or park them. They can slow down in a traffic jam and not get road rage, you know, and try to run somebody off the road. Uh, just that alone should be enough. And there are multiple other reasons, like we discussed earlier, why it's important in this instance. And, and it, I know, especially for you, Kevin, it's probably people are just dropping their jaws right now to hear you say, yeah, I, I support it for an employee. They're probably, what the hell, Mr. Free Market? But it has to be a well, fair free market. It really does. Absolutely. Well, I, I think am, it's, I'm it's not, more of a free market. Yeah, uh, 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 correct. I'm not anti-regulation. I'm for common sense regulations that weren't designed to pick winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the, the important thing, I think, to really keep in mind, and I've never really heard anybody say this, markets or, or any type of market here in the United States should be for the masses, not for the few. And right now, when we deregulated trucking, we mysteriously missed the most important there, so, and it was, it was simply to optimize the marketplace in favor of the bigger companies because they can... They can honestly, they can really ignore the efficiencies that we need to be successful and balance it on that driver's back. And that's what they're doing. So with that said, one one of the solutions I keep hearing is, is, and and I've never heard the Motor Carrier Act of 1980 mentioned as much as I hear it mentioned lately. And the, the response I always get, and I keep questioning them, and nobody will give me a single answer. It makes me crazy when you ask a nice, simple question, trying to, trying to move the conversation forward instead of just screaming at each other. I, all I do is ask questions. I don't make statements. I ask questions. So when I see this being posted, we need more barriers to entry. Well, first off, it, it, it makes me <laughs> no. a little crazy because I don't like barriers to entry. I like competition, but, but okay, I, I'll, yes. I'll go along with you so that we're not just screaming at each other. Can you give me one example of a barrier to entry you would put into trucking right now? And I can't even get anybody to address the question. What barrier do they want? Uh, no, uh, yeah, right, I, I hear you. And, and just based on what you've explained here, all these groups that keep referencing the deregulation act. Um, I would oppose those groups just based on their support for the regulation. My, my complete argument is, hmm. is they didn't go far enough and they forgot to take <laughs> right. the regulation off <laughs> the overtime. Good point. So yeah, it, yeah, and, yeah that, yeah. that is my argument. We let, didn't take it far enough. We're, we didn't go too far. And let's think so, about this. Yeah. Let, let's think about this. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I have a feeling the three of us probably would have been saying this back then. Um, had it been done then, it would have been a smooth transition. We shook up the entire yes. industry already anyway. Mm-hmm. We had to start ah. over in trucking. Had it been put in place, trucking would mm-hmm. have been built around that set of regulations, which would have been huge. My problem so, is now I, unwinding I, I, this gets I, a lot more complicated. I've kind of got a theory mm-hmm. on why that was mysteriously forgotten. So you remember Ross Perot, he talked about, um, what, what was it, uh, uh, the bill for this free trade between oh, Mexico Na- and the United States? NAFTA, and, I think it was. NAFTA, right. Yeah. So NAFTA, 
its origins started right around or just before the time we de- deregulated. I don't think they forgot to take that restriction off. I think no. it was per- purposely left in place to set the table oh. for a NAFTA type agreement. Yeah. That's my personal feeling. Can't prove that, but that's, that's a- just by looking at it, it just makes a whole lot of sense to me. So maybe it's a conspiracy theory, I, I guess, but. Yeah. I, it well, looks awful suspicious to me. <laughs> you I, deregulate I, the entire no. damn industry, but you forget that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the problem. Joel and I, we've, we've talked about this a thousand times. You know, get a gun. He's driving at night and you get a bunch of geeks on the phone. And this is what we talk about. So other than rear axle ratios. So the problem is that with, a, with this uh, exemption, this has undermined our national security. It has exported jobs and has killed our economy. And let me explain. When you subsidize transportation by not paying overtime and, and having everybody work 100 hours, they show 70 on the logbook and paid at a 40-hour rate, it makes foreign manufacturers that have to ship longer distances. So if the, if the Asian freight lands in, in Long Beach, and gets trucked across sure. the country. It, it is now cost competitive with our own manufacturing that's done in the Midwest that has to be transported less of a distance. So you're trading a higher cost of manufacturing with a lower cost of transportation. And so you have made foreign manufactured goods more competitive than our own domestically produced uh, products. And so that drives you know, economy, free markets, drives companies to offshore its manufacturing and it's exporting jobs. How is that working for it? So there, you know, we talk about the law of un- unintended consequences. Maybe 50 years ago, we didn't see that coming, but we certainly see it now. So why are we so stupid to bury our heads in the sand and not fix it? Agreed. Yeah, I, well, we we know the reason why, because so much power has been amassed by mm. the big mm-hmm. box stores, that the Amazons, the Walmarts, the, you know, the big mega carriers. Uh, there's, there's a lot of money at stake here, and that rule yeah, changes, yeah. and they have difficulty complying. Um, you can see why you're going to get all the pushback that you're going to get. Uh, but, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm just baffled as to why so many of our people – that our employee drivers are imposed to it. They're they're afraid. Oh my God, I'm going to get a pay cut if if we demand overtime. No, you won't. Well, and I've heard some well-intentioned individuals in the industry say, well, gee, if we have, you know, if if we go to some sort of an hourly rate or what we do at Alpha Drivers, a hybrid rate, um, you know, where you got mileage pay as well as time pay, which seems to be a very good way to do it. But if you implement some sort of a more innovative um, pace plan, some folks say, well, that's just going to raise the cost of transportation, and therefore the goods are going to be more expensive, and that's going to hurt the economy. Um, I, I disagree. By putting more money in Americans' pockets, we, if anything, that's going to be an economic boom because you're going to put more money into the – you're going to have – more manufactured goods in the United States that supports U.S. Yes. workers. You're going to have yes. 3 million drivers who are going to have more money to spend. And so, yes. if anything, this is the patriotic thing to do. Anyway. Initially, it, just, it, may, initially it may be inflationary, but I think over time, mm-hmm. the you know, rebuilding the, 
the yeah. industrial base of the country and and yeah. you know I, no, normalizing this is, is is the right thing to do i he, i have no doubt in my mind he, how about diversifying our gdp it's a good I, thing it, this is sound like starting to sound like a libertarian lunch club or something <laughs> You know, before the call, I was heating up the coffee, and I was thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be right up Kevin's alley with a libertarian party. Well, you're not kidding. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, which is why neither party, the left or the right, are going to go along with it, because they that, don't get 100% of either side. That's right. Which means, yep. as you've often said, that means we're going to piss off both sides, which means we must be on the right track. You know, the, the, the biggest but unfortunately, shock... Nothing's going to get done. The biggest shock for me when I kind of realized that libertarianism was a thing and it certainly fit the way I believed, I was really excited because I thought, hey, look, I, I agree with a lot of what the conservative right says, all these things. I agree with a lot of what the progressive left says, all of these things. I, I should be everybody's friend. Except it's the opposite. I get attacked by both <laughs> <Yeah>. sides. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Of, I was thinking Which, to myself, yeah. Kevin, you, you ought to issue a challenge to you know any of the uh, political class that uh, is either uh, opposed or supports the overtime to to bring them on the show and and actually sit down and talk about this. And I thought, oh, if that's Kevin. That'll never happen. With yeah. But it would be awesome. I would love to get in a room with a bunch of politicians that are opposed to overtime for employee drivers and sit down and have a real discussion about this from the driver's point of view. Yeah. I would love to do that, but making that happen, it's probably snowball's chance well, of hell on. that ever coming to be. Well, possibly, but uh, I, I, I like Kevin and I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a Kevin on Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, if I can make it happen, will you participate? <laughs> well, how could I say no now? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll make it happen. All right. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, while you're at it, <laughs> like can, while you're at it, can you can you get that congressman from Arizona? I can't even remember his name. Can you get him in on that group? Uh, yeah. Is that yeah, the guy yeah, yeah, who did the, the the gut act or whatever it was? No, it, it's the guy who, who made the statement that let the truckers come to D.C. and I'll confiscate their trucks and give them to somebody else. The one that I said should be shot for treason and I got canceled over it. Oh. That one. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I remember that part of it. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember the guy's Congress, name. I have no idea. I don't even remember his name. That's how much of an impact it had on me. Well, um, one of the phrases that we use, and it may have originated from you, um, you can't fix expletive stupid. And I think that congressman is going to fall into that category. So, or as Easy Joel now. tells me, <laughs> hey, as Joel he tells me, don't pick, <laughs> hey guys, yeah, don't um, pick a fight with her, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I'm going to make this conversation a whole lot more interesting right now. Uh Oh, we're, we're, we're going to bring in <laughs> TJ. That always right. makes the conversation more interesting. TJ, good morning. There you go. Yeah. Hey, are you there? We are. Good morning. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Sorry, I, I was... She said there's like five people in line, so I jumped and took another call from a driver and the, squared him away. It, this is my show. We don't, we don't have rules about who gets in first. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> well, I just call in to tell you guys how wrong you are. See, that's why okay, I knew this just, would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> someone, did I, I, I swear I just heard someone say that 
that the drivers won't take a reduction in per hour pay with this thing passes. That's exactly what's going to happen. No. I'm gonna, like, yeah, because they will, I mean, that's what will happen is everyone just lower their per hour or they'll work them less and then they'll do exactly what the mega fleets do is just lever up, add more equipment, add more terrible drivers, and then pay the, the, yeah, the other guys that were making whatever are going to go down per hour. Right, because nope. they got to cut. Here's the balance the numbers. You got to balance the numbers. If a driver makes fifty thousand dollars a year right now, and you throw this in, they're going to make fifty thousand dollars a year when you know post nope. the reaction from the corporation. Well, nope. if they make Here, fifty here's why that's less hours, I'm okay with that. But that won't work either. So yeah, no, I you got to look. You got to look at the carrier's balance sheet. So they've got a certain number of assets that have to produce a certain amount of revenue to keep their financials solvent. So if they add more equipment, you're gonna have higher fixed costs. So that's not gonna happen, first of all. Secondly, they already have a hard time with turnover anyway at at something close to 100%. So if it goes higher than that, they're just gonna have a revolving door which has a whole lot of other, I call it intended consequences, you know, vis-a-vis safety, turnover, lack of productivity, customer service defaults and so on. So <clears throat> that's not going to happen either. So what you're going to have, the result I think is going to happen is rates will go up as they should to be comparable to other labor markets. Because right now, or as of two years ago, ATBS, ZipRecruiter, and somebody else did a study and the average driver was earning $54,000. That was an owner operator, by the way. And if you divide by 3,100 hours work, that comes up to $16.48 per hour. I can go to my McDonald's three miles from my house, be able to sleep in my bed, and I can earn $19 an hour. So right. why on God's the earth, if the, anybody the works thing. less, they're not going to do that. So instead of trying to compare truckers to McDonald's workers, what you really should do is compare them to farmers. Okay. So yes, there's a lot more hours worked. Those hours are not in a factory making widgets, right? A lot of that time is, is, it's off duty. Like, yeah, I know you're, you're saying that like Joel would say, Oh no, these guys are out there in the truck and they're, and they're, um, they're on duty. So they should get paid. Yeah. That that's all true, but it's unproductive money. Right. If I a driver sits so on a dock for, huh? So, hold on. There's there's your flaw. With all due respect. So I, I just paid one day. Uh, Travis was sitting at a dock. He had to wait. He he got there early, even though he only drives 55 miles an hour. He still had to wait. So why would he drive faster? <laughs> but that's another question. So he had to wait four hours and 11 minutes, um, which included loading time and everything else. He he's not at home petting his dog. He deserves to get paid. He's on the job at my request. How I understand why everybody pay him. Okay, I want. I, that's what I do too. I pay them for their time yeah. on the dock. What I'm telling you is that mm-hmm. that if it doesn't pencil, then companies will make a change, and they it won't. This will yeah. make everyone's everyone's. P and L, not pencil. That's what they'll do, and no. they'll just have to. They'll shift. Things oh, around, hold on, hold on. So they'll no. shift things around, and that's what they'll do. They yeah. do best. Corporations are great at shifting things you're, around. I'm you're telling right. you, what, you're, yeah. you're right. No, you're exactly right. On the big companies, I 100% agree with you. They're going to try to play their bullshit games like they always do. What's going to happen, in my estimation, is it's going to open the door for the smaller, well-managed, very efficient fleet. It's going to come in and kick their ass. And then they're going to have the, the, the free market at that point 
you know, it's not, it's going to start to, it's going to start to take care of itself because the bigger you are, it's always been this way. You work off economies of scale and you don't really care much about efficiency because efficiency is difficult. The bigger you are, the harder it is to operate efficiently. So let me give you a quick real numbers. Too damn big for their own good. I will give you real numbers right now. My driver makes $30 an hour and he works 14 hours a day. Right, that's four hundred and twenty dollars a day if he if he maxes out his hours. Right, four hundred and twenty dollars. If you tell me that the last six hours after the eight have to be at overtime or double time, right? Like like you would find in California. Do you, do you think a driver's worth is let's say six or seven hundred dollars a day as a company driver? No, obviously not. So I will make change. What will I do? I'll I will I'll just ramp up my owner operator scheme. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! If everybody has, and this is this is the problem with the implementation of it, because there's no regulation that forces a level playing field on this. You're right. Right now, if you went out to do this right now, all on your own, that's exactly what you would do. But if everybody, everybody has to do, do it across the board, the rate has to come up to accommodate the law. It's just you know, just like when the ELD came in, the rates went up. It just did. When the ELD came in, it tightened capacity. Okay. Rates went up. The same same type of thing's going to happen here. All this will do is pump Landstar. Landstar's got a hundred percent owner operator model. Does this affect them? Yes. No. Right. Yes. If they run, you're TJ. You're only looking at one isolated piece. The I, I run everything. I run a brokerage. I, I, I have I have employees, and I use owner operators. So I know the whole thing. And, and I'm telling yeah. you, if my employees are forced, if I'm forced to pay them that much overtime, I, it will be better to outsource it. Hold and, on. To you're, 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 you're looking at one isolated piece. So there, there are a lot of pieces to this puzzle, and you can't look at one in a vacuum. But on your right now, you're just looking at if the rates stay the same in this current market. And what Joel is suggesting, as and I would agree, is that everything has to go up. So okay. freight rates have so to go up. If they don't, so freight rates right. go up. What happens to forklift drivers and warehouses? This let's say freight rates go up even higher. Then what happens to warehouses? I don't warehouse care what labor? happens to the. I don't give a shit because it's very, very inflationary. All of this is it, very, very, yes, very inflationary. It, but you just hit is. the nail on the head. It should be because right now to be. drivers drivers are non-competitive with warehouse workers. So right now, I don't know your operation exactly, but you may have a difficult time. Others have a difficult time across the industry hiring drivers because there are too many economically better, uh, more beneficial. And so there's a so-called driver shortage. There's a pay shortage, and that's the issue. And that's why the, the carriers are non-competitive with attracting and retaining labor. It's that simple. I, I, Straight on I paper, think, I bet you that that's no, not what happens. So I, I, I think, another, CJ, what you're saying, I think what you're saying short-term when you look at it, I think you, you make a hell of a good case short-term for it. But, mm-hmm. and, and Kevin can, can tell you this, you know, being from Ohio, Ohio was decimated when our industry left and yeah, they went to florida our, because driver pay was no left. it did not it did not go to florida it went to mexico it went to china yeah 100 percent. this doesn't show. bring it back right. that's the other thing you guys said you yes, guys said that the cost yes, uh, the, you said that the cost someone said someone said that the logistics 
price, like the cost of a truck, if we raise that price in America, it somehow makes America more competitive. You gotta be kidding me. No, it'll make our industrial base more. We have the uh, we have the most expensive logistics supply chain of any country in the world. Going from it costs more to go from California to New York than it costs to go from Japan to California, right? And then about, all those other countries. So it's we, we're already very high. So what we need to do is say from each one of us on this call, what's the value of a driver? And your like a salary at the end of the year, what should no. a driver take home? Should he take home that's 50, not the question. 75 that's the, or 100? No, no it, that's not the question. Put a, if you put a number on it, then you're, it's already failed. A driver is worth right. the work that he has done. Or well, it's worth what the market will support. To, well, it, it is. But Which, if you're asking a guy to come to work, and then would you go to work in a factory and they say, show up two hours early, I'm not going to pay you, do you think that factory would stay open? Everybody walk out and say, screw you. And that's what we're asking our drivers to do. We're asking them to, I can't figure out how to manage you. I can't figure out how to pay you. I'm just going to give you this and, you know, tough luck. Here's what I do. Here's how pay works. Because I'm in California. I've been dealing with this for, you know, 10 years, right? How are we Mm -hmm. going to pay these drivers, right? Peace peace pay, all Mm -hmm. that. So I go to my customers. I know what I'm charging them, right? And then I say, how much is a driver worth to me? Well, driver to me in California is worth $300 a day. That's what I can pencil right now, $300 a day. It doesn't matter how you put it on paper. I will just back into it. I just, do, I just reverse engineer $300 a day. So I'm telling you, mm-hmm. that's what people will do. They'll reverse engineer until they can push through a rate cre- increase. Now, you think that you sure. can just Correct. push through rate increases? Rate increases come through once a year. Uh, 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 so, rate increases will happen over time. You are correct. And there will be a, a lot of what you're talking about. So the rollout obviously is super important how you do this. But here is the difference when you say, I'll just re-engineer it. If you have a time value component to that, it's, it's almost impossible to re-engineer because you don't know what their hours are going to be from day to day to day to day. Here's my, here's my reverse engineer. It's 50 cents a mile and minimum wage at the sleep, in the sleeper berth on duty. You know what? That's a lot of guys, a lot well, of guys well, do that, and yeah. that's what I would expect would happen. But see, like in my operation here, we run efficient enough where I'm going to pay them a little bit more. They're going to come to work for me and not for you. Because I run okay. more efficiently. Right? I love that it'll so force com- efficiency. I love that. Yes. I yes. love that yes. you're saying it'll force yes. efficiencies, and it will yes. force efficiencies. I'll take yes. all my my drivers that are in the truck working 14 hours, and they will only work eight hours. That's what'll happen, right? Uh, so, then you'll get different drivers. So yeah. we don't have and, that and issue. The quality. So you will you will eradicate the quality drivers that know how to bust their ass for twelve or fourteen hours and do ten stops. I, I, Those guys will go away, I, and you'll get a I, line haul pickup P and D driver market where I'm paying twenty five dollars an hour for the P and D guy and twenty five dollars an hour for the line haul guy, which is cool. You are just saying that's what will happen. You are All right. There it will. There's no doubt. Unravel. Well, this will be a shit show right. at the beginning. And PG, yeah, I think you make a, a hell of a lot of points. It, that are valid, mm-hmm. and, but the industry refuses to address anything that you're talking about. There are solutions to all these. Um, obviously, right off the bat, when you look at this, you're going to say, man, this, this can't be done. We're, we're just going to. There are ways that if we come together on this and we take a guy like you, you know, you've been in the industry, you know it from all angles, all sides, I'll bet you we can sit down and come up with 
a way to roll this out and make it work for everybody involved. I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of opportunity for new operations that are smaller and more efficient. Um, it's really going to hurt the well-established big carriers that are running off economies of scale. Uh, it, it's going to force the efficiencies, just like you talked about, so that's a good thing. There's going to be ups and downs to this. There's absolutely no doubt. I don't have all the answers to this yet. Alec doesn't have all the answers to this yet. And, TJ, we don't have all the answers to this yet. What we have done, though, is we have implemented this in a small, uh, in a small way, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't, so we can become more, I guess, better educated as to the, the ups and downs of this. It is doable. We are doing it on a very small scale, and we're doing it based strictly on efficiencies. Without the efficiency that we have right now, we could not make this happen. There is no doubt about it. Um, but that right. being said, the, the other, when you look at the efficiency mm-hmm. of the industry overall, it's horrific. Take a break for horrible. one second. Take, take a break for I, one second. I, one second. The air horn didn't work. I thought for sure the air horn was going to work. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> so Hen, Hen, Henry is, is I, I'm pretty sure if I leave Henry on hold much longer, he's going to have an aneurysm listening to all this. So I'm going to bring him in. But when I do, I, I, I have a new name for this show. Hey, TJ, um, it would require yeah. you to become a part of it. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. But okay. I, so I, here's, just, I love arguing. So. Here's, here's my new name. And it's really original. I want to call this show now The Five. Oh, the there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, God. But you know what's cool about this? You can bring a guy on, TJ, that's got a completely different point of view than I do, and, and we can go back and forth and argue this shit yeah. all day long. I'll still have respect for his point of view. Hopefully well, he has respect for my point of view. We've absolutely. both been in the industry a long time, and I think this is how things get done without turning into mm-hmm. some shit show calling each other an asshole and you know let's let's have this discussion let's let's well, make it heated well you know, you know the, let's, the best let's part really, of it really thrash well, us around and, and see what the, we can come up with the, the i best. do have one question though for the for the for the you know the law people in here if a driver is at a dock but he's in his sleeper is he on duty or off duty so, this, hey, duty. I just got on here. Hold on, it, hold, it, on, it, hold, on it, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, the train already left the station. I, I, got an example, <laughs> I, I got an example of all this. So my dad used to work for the phone company, and different times they would call them out because it was a hurricane, whatever there was, right? And most of the time they were sitting at a restaurant, but they were paid 24 hours a day from the time they left because they were not home. Just saying, not saying how that transfers to us, but somehow or another, we decided that we're carrying our bedroom with us and we're in the sleeper berth, but we're not at home. I don't know how that could ever work, but I yep. know in the phone company, when they left, they were on du- They were paid till they got back, and whether that was on an airplane, sitting on an airplane, sitting at the airport, sitting at the hotel, so, or sitting in the restaurant. They, they were paid the whole entire time. Great yeah, time we for got salary. Guys. Yeah, that are similar to that in, in road construction in our area. They do a lot of traveling road control, whether it's striping the roads or actually building the roads. And they are very, very similar. They're paid the entire time they're gone. They may be in northern Ohio, but they may be working on a stretch of highway in southern Indiana someplace. And it's so, the same thing. They get paid from when they leave to when they come back. 
so I, I'll I'll jump in here, and then we're um, we are going to get to some calls. I, I, and I will say the reason I loved this kind of debate: people, both sides made logical, well-informed points. I am so sick of the debate where one side either doesn't answer questions, makes no points whatsoever, screams <laughs> about stuff. This was interesting to listen to because it's thought provoking. Name calling. Yeah, you, you you could really tell that all these comments are are well thought out so congratulations on all that and with all that i forgot oh no i know what i was going to say uh here's what we have to agree you can say the phone company did it the road construction crews do it they do it because the money's there to do it the only way this is going to make anybody more money a driver and owner operator anything Rates have got to go up. There's no way around that. Yes. You can only slice a pie so yes. many ways. And we just all yes. as a country have to realize it, all of this dirt cheap crap that we buy is not worth what it's done to our country. But I don't know how you ever change that attitude. People want cheap I, shit. I, 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 I think you're right. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll say I think TJ makes a lot of very, very good points at the practicality of trying to roll this out, trying to change attitudes. Um, you know, being in the trucking industry for 35 years, and I have looked at trucking as a business for the majority of my life, but this is, there's a human element to this that just isn't right. I, I, I don't know why I feel so strongly about that nowadays. Maybe it's I'm getting older. I don't know, but it's just plain isn't right. It's wrong. It's wrong hey. the way we compensate drivers when we compare it to the rest of the industry. And if that makes me a bleeding heart liberal, I guess I am on this point. Um, I, I think it should be fair. I think the guys should be should compensated fairly for what they're doing. I don't think uh, I don't think we're anywhere near in the neighborhood. I think the 36 percent increase that we're seeing in our little test that we're doing is about right i think that's i think wages need to go up that much if we're gonna retain drivers as in a career uh um, uh, mode not just kind of transient i'm gonna try driving i didn't make enough money i'm gone too long so i quit um i gotta run 600 mile an hour through a snowstorm in order to make any money all that shit's gotta stop and uh, this this is a way is it the only way? Maybe not. Are there challenges? Absolutely, there will be. And I think it's really important that, that we hear exactly the stuff that TJ's throwing out here, what the challenges and the roadblocks will be, and then try to focus and develop a way to overcome those challenges. Ooh, I just don't want to trim. I don't know where you were, Joe. The, the one argument that I get from people, they'd be like, well, a can of soup would have to be $10 then or some ridiculous thing like that, right? Well, huh? what a patriotic industry that we want to carry the whole economy on our shoulders and take the right. shit. You know, it's a matter of well, actually, here's a pie. Here's a pie. It's getting our portion of the pie. And, you know, for a long time, we've gotten the crumbs off the pie. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. The problem with that, though, is is – and I addressed the patriotic issue before you were on the air, Henry, so I apologize. But the problem with the, what I call the Mark Hagestead approach of patriotism is that you, are, you have subverted the entire U.S. national economy and national defense with that line of thinking. And that's exactly how we got to where we are today. So if you want to buy things from Walmart that are produced in Asia, okay, yeah, things may be more expensive, but you're going to support the guys in Iowa who actually are producing the goods. 
And so it's, it's a shifting of the GDP from foreign produced to U.S. produced. So does it cost 10 cents more on a can of soup? Yeah, maybe. But um, you have to, I think, look at a more macro right. view than just the micro view that some of those right. critics would look at. All right. What, the other comment I would make to TJ is that um, if you are just looking at an hourly business model or just at a piecemeal you know, per mile type of business model, then you're right. You have to be a lot more creative and blend the two. And that's what we're doing here. And I think that's a better solution than just a... Right. Um, I, I will my say, my, bro you, you, my, brother, my brother with his fleet operation is going to agree with every single thing TJ just said. He'll agree that's, with that's, 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 he did, that's he, telling. Yeah, yeah, he deals with it daily, just like, yeah. just like TJ's yeah. getting beat over the head with it daily. Um, you know, we're looking yeah. at it from a different point of view, and, and, you know, if we can find some middle common ground. Now, I've talked to my brother at length about this stuff. He said, you know, I would love to be able to do that. Um, and, and pay guys overtime and, and treat them the way that an employee should be treated. Cause I just can't, because it puts me at a disadvantage with everybody. That's not going to mm -hmm. do that, you know, and, and this is right. part of the problem. And, and, and so there are realities out there that it's going to be difficult to put the pieces together and, you know, get the, get the puzzle all, all locked together in, in one piece. So, but I don't think we should just take the attitude that the industry's always had. And it's always been this way as far as I can remember. It's too hard. Let's not even try. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. So I'm going to wrap this whole conversation right, yeah. up. I'm going to tie it up in a nice, neat little bow, and then we're going to take some calls. So my conclusion here, my conclusion here is I love this new format. I was able to make breakfast, eat breakfast. I just had a nice little meeting with the FedEx guy who delivered my package, and nobody even knew I was gone. Well, Kevin, on that note, I, I, I ate breakfast while I was on hold. And, and, I, and I'm upset with my carrier right now because my truck's in the shop with a wheel seal, and they're not paying me. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, let, let's, well, see, let's take calls. Now, I need, you need to, a different company. I need to warn. Yeah, I know. It's I terrible. need to warn everybody that wants to ask us a question. The questions today are going to cost five times more than we normally charge because you, you get five <laughs> brainiacs here helping you out. Yep. So just be uh, have your credit card ready when we come to you and everything will be fine. Tony in Florida. Morning, guys. TJ, I like that idea about outsourcing your driving to other common carriers, but um, I thought you guys would give me a chance to park in a spot before I got on. Hey, um, before I uh, ask about my exhaust manifold, uh, I do have the solution for, for um, the obesity problem, hours of service, and overtime, uh, but let me ask about my, my gear ratio first, or are we not talking about that today? <laughs> no, that's fine. We can do gear ratio. <laughs> Joel. We can multitask. So, um, I know. I, I can, sorry, i got to go to the bathroom plus park. Uh, not easy having your own authority, but uh, um, Joel, how many hours? We're going to have to put you on hold. <laughs> How many hours are you shorted every day because of the hours of service regulation? And what do you think the answer would be uh, most drivers would say? Like, do they give us enough hours to, uh, to do honest work or no? Well, I can tell you right now that we have appointments for everything that we do. I'm able to make all my appointments 
generally driving 57 mile an hour. Sometimes I'll drive a little bit faster to, to make appointments. So I, I think hours of service are just yeah. fine. I, I would not relax them. That's for damn sure. We don't need to be working 16, 17, 18 hours a day. Wrong answer. So on to my gear ratio. <laughs> um, what, uh, okay. That's, so that's today, a new well, debate hold, strategy. Hold on a second. Don't worry. Oh, wait a minute. We need the referee. <laughs> All right. Uh, why is that the wrong answer? I'll Let's get into put that you on later. Spot. I, I, I don't want to forget okay. about my uh, rear axle ratio because that, that is the most important thing. Uh, Let's do it. Do those things, <laughs> once you drop the axle ratio, does it make the truck slower? And do you need turbo compounding to, to, to get good acceleration um, off, the, off the line? Okay. So if you downspeed aggressively, um, your acceleration will be slower, marginally slower, but it will be slower if the, if the transmission steps are identical. So it, it will be slower through acceleration. So to that part, yes. Now, what was the other one? Am I an absolute dog if I go down to 2.26 like you or whatever you've got? Uh, or will a Cummins X15 make up for that or, or what? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, hold no, up no, the no, traffic. No. Um, so yeah, you'll hold up the traffic, talking, all right? <laughs> no, wait, no, wait, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So let's, no, but let's look at this. So wait, wait, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, you, what you're asking, <laughs> I may have answered incorrectly. So if you're talking about holding up traffic running down the highway because you're worried about performance on the hills, is that what you're worried about? No, um, sort of. Yes, that's part of it, but mainly, you know, in traffic at a light, you know, I, I like to run by my boost gauge, really my uh, fuel economy gauge. Ma- you have one. you have a manual, but it's, you have a manual transmission. It's really no, I've got a, I've got the pack car with the uh, thirteen. Okay. Automatic. All right. Okay. So let me let me address one thing here as far as the hill climbing and all this. So rear axle ratio has zero impact on on hill climbing in and of itself. Climbing a hill is all horsepower. That it's, so if you have a 500, all the rear axle ratio is going to determine what gear your transmission's in when you're climbing a hill. If you have a 308 rear axle ratio, you might climb that in top gear. If you have a 216, you might climb it in two gears down. And it's going to be just about virtually the same getting to the top. You're just two gears deeper in a transmission. The problem comes with the automated manual transmissions is how fast they shift and what type of shift logic they have. So the transmission you have is co-engineered with Eaton, and it is fairly slow between shifts. So when you get an aggressively downsped rear axle ratio, it's very doggy off the line, and there will be nothing that I'm aware of that you can do with that transmission because of how slow it shifts. Um, I think Volvo and Freightliner both have put big effort into making those shifts faster because they realize as we downspeed, we can make up for the performance or the acceleration loss of the gear ratio by how fast we can actually make the shift. So if you look at an I shift from 10 years ago versus today, today shifts between the gears about 30% faster, which makes up for that performance deficit you're talking about. I do not believe the Eaton has that type of speed between gears and so you're going to struggle with that, regardless of oh, if you've got terrible. a thousand horsepower engine. Yes. Yeah. 
I know you do consulting, so it'd be good if I could uh, find a number out there. I couldn't find one on Facebook, whether that's just Volvo or I'm probably going to have to keep the Packard for a good little bit until brokers start paying. I'm, I mean, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Sorry, had to. But, <laughs> you know, uh, oh, the exhaust, um, my manifold bolts are still broken. How much does a manifold mm-hmm. help? Like if I get the um, full tilt Bruce's manifold. I, I, I Listen, I... That is mm, I, I, not wait, wait, I, wait, I, 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 wait. I guess I guess I'm gonna decline to answer this. I I'll will I'll let Kevin right. address yeah, this. I'll, I'll answer. Um, from my All experience, right. I, it's not something that I would spend a lot of time on personally. Yeah. But I have not put a lot of manifolds on trucks other than a well, stock configuration. I'll address this. That. I'll address this quickly. What now can, but before I do I got to clarify something because I have to admit I zoned out and I was doing something else. Um, What truck are we talking (laughs) about here? Your pack car engine? Well, I wanted to skip it and go right to um, hours of service, but we have the MX-13. Well, hold on. Here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. uh, There is no point in trying to reduce exhaust restriction on these trucks when the DPF is the biggest restriction you have. Your, your restriction is only as good as the weakest point, the, the worst restriction in the system. You can't do anything about. It doesn't do any good to allow the air, to allow the air to flow yes, out of the exhaust manifold easier and then back up at the DPF. Right, but I'm going to have the, the manifold off anyway because I got no, a fairly so, serious so what? leak, and it's probably so what? screwing you, up the turbo. You got to go pay it? a I'd lot of that. money for a new polished ported manifold, which I believe in. On an open exhaust. If we have an, a, a truck with no DPF, we, we control all the restriction in the exhaust. I'm a big believer in do everything you can to reduce that. I stopped talking about that the minute they put DPFs on trucks. It doesn't make any sense anymore. So just have them... Uh, Kevin, uh, talk, talk about what you're and saying. And, and just put and it right back on? Yeah, just put the old well, manifold yeah. back on. Why would you spend money so, on a new manifold that won't do any good? Well, not only that, because Kevin. I don't have it off anyway. I might as well, uh, well put so, it on. Lou. So with you that, know, with, try to make it cost with, justify it. Well, with that logic, Tony, no, you're no, already no, here no, talking no, to no, us. No. Just, just, just um, write me a check for a thousand dollars. I mean, why? You're already here. Just write the check. Kevin, adding to what you're saying, the you know, and Joel. Well, we've all had access to the engineers and. All this stuff, especially today, is engineered to work together, and it wouldn't cost them any more to make the manifold bigger that it flowed more. There's a reason they have it flowing exactly what it is. It wouldn't have costed them any more to make the manifold bigger or smaller. We know that this is a measurable thing. I've got the formulas. When you can reduce back pressure by X, you increase power and efficiency by X. There's a formula for it. But you can't reduce right. back pressure with the, with the DPF and everything and the, else. It's all engineered right. to work together. Right. And, and we, even right. if we could reduce it somewhere upstream, up it just doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Can we go back to the, um, to the most important topic of all? That is, sure. there is a way, that's a yes, we, there is a way we can fix the obesity epidemic uh, overtime and hours of service all at once. Kevin, do you remember what it... Kevin knows this, and I'll give a hint. I'm a chemist. Focus on hours of service. I asked Joel, how many hours are we shorted? The answer was 20. Or No, 
two hours a day on average. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel. I know really? that was the correct <laughs> two hours a day. And Kevin remembers uh, a previous call. The answer is biometrics. Every truck, if they if they had some sort of measure of your uh, bioavailability, like a body battery connected to the truck, we would be driving your your average 14 hours. What would that do to the amount of available drivers? You know, uh, head count it could go down. Plus, uh, it would be more safe. You, you can't argue that, right? So I think we're missing, we have got to put that into implementation. Wouldn't that be easy to put through Congress? Just, well, I mean, it's simple. This is an argument on the other side of that. What would that do to supply and demand? Because that would increase the supply. Drives prices down. I don't think it would increase the supply. I, I'll let the heavy hitters handle that. Well, well no, it would you, you just, it you just said it. Drivers well. would be driving more. That They'd co- be driving more, so that has to reduce the amount of drivers, wouldn't it? Well, so, a question for you is, why is it an either-or? Why couldn't you still address the market fundamentals to be uh, on an equal footing with other labor markets and make that then pool of drivers more efficient with your biometrics? Do they? So, it's in other words, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. They could be complementary. Yeah, they can. I'm, I have no idea. There's a lot of stuff going on to it that you guys know more than me. I just I, know that uh, I feel like it's illegal for me to do my job all the time. I have and another I idea. Why. And I, I'm I, not the only one. I have another idea because money, money is what, you know, we, drives everything. So I think we should propose a new pay scale, and it's kind of the reverse of the way we pay for food. So in food, you pay by the pound, but the more pounds, the more you have to pay. With drivers, we're going to start paying by the pound, but the less you weigh, the more you get paid. How, how about that? <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah, because that increases, that, that increases the cargo capacity of the truck. Well, exactly. Uh, right. but how do you, okay, but how do, how do you equate, you know, uh, uh, the height component? So is it a density issue? Because... Henry might be 250 pounds, but he's six foot five. Whereas Kevin, careful, you know, careful you're now. five foot five. Careful now. Five foot five, five foot six, whatever, <laughs> somewhere in that range. And, you know, obviously you don't weigh as much as Henry, but I'm okay. sure Henry is not going to want to take a picture. All right. So now, since this is 224 to be exact. <laughs> And I am five five, so yeah. you, you nailed that. So, um, right. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to add a really really complex set of rules that has to do with body fat percentages, and and we'll get this figured out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, did you get his credit card number for the thousand dollars as well as the, the uh, call call and fee? As soon as I did, I hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We're, we're, we're going to go to Wisconsin. Eric, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, this question is more for, aimed towards Joel. Um, since Pedal Coach has gone out, what are you doing for uh, tractor analytics? That's actually an Alec Costeras question. He's handling the back office, and he is actually putting some proprietary stuff together to analyze and track all of our data. Um, I I cried when Pedal Coach went away. I loved it, but uh, it's no longer with us. And so Alec has been working with several different 
telematics companies trying to put together something comparable. And um, hey, I don't, don't think we've succeeded yet. Uh, I'm glad that came up. Alec, um, I need to get you in touch with Aaron. Um, we, the company yep. that wrote, pro, or, uh, yeah, both profit gauges and fuel gauges for us, they're, they're kind of a captive programming. It's a separate company. We have them under contract. Mm-hmm. I think they do more work for us than anybody else. Their second biggest account, where their two big accounts, us, it is a company that's into telematics, and I've never really explored what it was. And one of the reasons was was Pedal Coach already existed, and it was a hell of a program, so I didn't see any need to reinvent the wheel. Um, but if you're looking for something like this, I think you should talk to Aaron. There may be a fix or something. Okay. On that matter, I'm looking for something like that, too, since Pedal Coach went away. We may be able to yeah. to, uh, yeah, was, to create something, and that, like no, I said, they, they were green that they yeah, went under I, like that. Yeah, um, it, 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 I, it, yeah, the reports we got out of it were just incredible, and it helped mm-hmm. me immensely in implementing changes and following it closely based on all of the different metrics involved. And so now we're just throwing stuff at a wall and hopefully something at the end sticks, but we don't have a pinpoint way of analyzing the true effect of the changes we make like we did. The like other... we, can, we can say, oh, well, that week there was way worse weather, weather on, this, on, on that lane with this truck versus the other truck. You know, that, that's what I mean. The other partner we have that may be able to help with this is... Um the company that built our scan gauge for us. So I've often looked at, you know, could we combine scan gauge with fuel gauges? And, and but, but again, when I looked at Pedal Coach, I thought, why would I even bother? It's such a great product. I don't need to compete with them. But now that they're gone. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'll give Aaron a call this afternoon. Okay, good. It, it, it amazed me, Kevin, when we did the run on less deal, of the geotab setup that we had in there, how close it came to guessing our weight and how close it was on the fuel mileage. That was amazing. What yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah it was, that was a, when, a, a pretty nice setup. When any of you decide to come out with a, a product that's similar to Pedal Coach, please sing like a canary on this show, and I'll be your captive audience. Perfect. Right away. Perfect. We always need beta testers. All right. All right, gentlemen, you have a great day. All right, thanks Thank for the call. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, let's go to Alabama. Fred, jump into this. Uh, I'm trying a new debate uh, strategy out. I'm going to yell at everyone, say all inaccurate and irrelevant facts, and then I'm just going to uh, mute you and cut you off. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, but that that, that that's not a new. <laughs> that's what we do anyway. It, it's not a new strategy at all. There there are lots of people that have beat you to that one. They do it to me all the time. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. That's true. So, you know, back to the whole uh, uh, economy and and pay and driver's pay, I think we have to have uh, a manufacturing scaled economy to support all that. And what would help us would be the fair tax. So I'd like to throw that out there. I posted something about the fair tax solving several problems this morning. And as far as getting Congress involved or to take their responsibility, the problem with Congress is that 50 percent of their time, so they don't. That's why. That's why they 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 delegate their staff and the bureaucracy to take care of all this stuff. Unfortunately, it's just the system they have right now. So 
I don't think we we'll get hey, any relief on that. Yes, sir. Fred, this is TJ. I got a quick comment that just well, came you. to mind, and I, I have a question. I'm wondering how you feel about this. So this overtime thing just rolled out. Is this just the government's accepting this so willingly because they get so much more payroll tax out of the deal? That's what this is. They're ready to collect more payroll tax because they're, ah. you know, sucking wind. What say you? Well, no, yeah, 100%. If, they, if, if this is going to be beneficial for, for tax revenues, they'll, they'll do anything for that. And, and it's just like I think the government just, just throws it out there, mandates it, and then the, the free market has to kind of fix it. So it's just like, it's just like we did with all, this, all, of this, all of this admission stuff. They, you know, and, and, you know, so, yeah, that's a very good point because, you know, they don't really care. The market's going to, going to, the market's going to settle somehow. I think it's going to be more on the, I'm, I'm more on the side of TJ because it's going to affect not just trucking. It's going to affect all, it's going to be an upwards flow to warehousing and, and, and everything, you know, and, and, and shippers everywhere it's gonna so i think it's going to be it's going to be detrimental to truck to truck drivers for quite a while until the market kind of digests it and and then maybe maybe we can get rates out of this um i, I don't i so, i don't know how that's really going to fall out so let me let me pin you down a little bit if i may why would this be detrimental to drivers well because they're going to cut drivers hours they're going to cut i mean it's, it's going to it's going to it's going to flow downward before it flows back upward. You know, I mean, everyone's going to, everyone, we can't just, okay. we can't just go broadly, broadly just say we need an extra X amount of money to, to go from, from California to New York and expect the whole market just to fold in line. So if someone, but, has to, you know, and we could, you know, so go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so on the one hand, I would agree with you, except that there's a certain amount of demand for capacity. You know, that's a fixed amount. So but it's we're not the like outside market now, Alex. Yeah, so so the capacity uh, th- that 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 is that that is true. So but this this even today there's a certain amount of freight that has to move. So it's not like you know, the market can just disappear. So the the supply demand equilibrium will shift and so where there's if you quote unquote reduce hours then there's gonna be you know the the demand is going to be higher, which drives rates up. So, uh, well, yes, if we had a market like two years ago, I would agree with you. But now that we don't have a market, people are not going to people are going to wait for their for their freight longer. Well, and what, we would have, well, they may. This is Henry on that. We would may. have yeah. we, the, the market. The market would have itself again. And the, the reason I say that: look at how quickly the market adjusted during COVID. So. The market adjusted quickly during COVID, and the other one that I see is when the ELD rolled out. I can remember people forecasting <laughs> doom and gloom. This isn't going to work. It's going to be horrible. It's the worst thing that could possibly happen. None of that came to fruition. It was the best thing that ever happened, in my opinion. Yeah, and I was saying that from a, during yeah. during the the build up to it. But you know, it is what it yeah, is. That's, I, I work. That's with the one thing that, that they to it. An hourly scale for their over over the road drivers. I forgot how he. Why does it just have to be hourly? No, no, no. He That's had, the problem. He had a couple of different models. He had he had he he had driver. He gave drivers uh, an option. They can go on strict mileage. They went on a mileage 
versus uh, hourly wage when they were, you know, at, at a, you know, pickup delivery or, or you know, pre-trip, mm-hmm. post-trip, whatever. And I think that's a very good model for a driver because they, they are getting paid, even though, like, if I, if I go to a shipper because I'm, I'm a business, I have to give them two hours. Why should my driver sit for two hours with nothing? So I don't think that's a... I'm I think gonna, that's definitely a, a but 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 yeah. you're you're thinking you're thinking that nothing else changes. You know, you're, you're making no, no, the same no, mistake that changes. changes with this, you're right. With this overtime, there's a lot of changes. changes. So yes. there 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 are a lot of changes, and this is the problem with the gut act or whatever they're calling it. Is they're just looking at it as a as the rescission of the motor carrier exemption. That's it's necessary, but it's not sufficient. There are a lot of changes that need to be happening, and I am going to be working. I have tried it once once already, but I'm going to be doing it again, where uh, educating members of Congress and the administration, because it can it's not just a pay issue. There are a lot of uh, hours of service rules and, and other regulations. Detention is another one that they're trying to uh, look at. Uh, speed limiters is another one. You know, all of these are interrelated, and you can't look at one particular part of it in a vacuum. And that's why, for example, hourly pay by itself is insufficient. Just per mile rate by itself is insufficient. And so you have to, uh, with all due respect, I think you've got to be creative, kind of like what we've done. Whether we've got it right or not is to be determined. But I know that my driver is very, very happy with the way this is working out because he's making a lot more money, about 36% more than he did on a straight per mile rate. So, and I'm happier because so, he's getting paid, you know, for what he's bringing to the table. So he gets a hourly pay, he gets a pro- productivity pay, and now my safety score is also going to be up because he has. No incentive to go balls to the wall, 65, 70 miles down the highway. He's going 55, 58. Sometimes I have to pick up the phone and say, hey, Travis, I need you to put the hammer down and take it up to 60. You know, I mean, to make an appointment. One thing, you know, one thing here during this whole discussion, and, and, and we gotta, we got to be mindful of this, and especially when we're looking at divergent points of view, so, Alec, you see something completely polar opposite that TJ sees. It. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily refer to that as a mistake. It is a different point of view. Um, sure, it is. I, yeah. I don't think. I don't think TJ's uh, making any mistakes at all based on what he does and his operation and what he deals with day to day. He's got a very firm point of view on how he sees things right. going to happen. Just like you have a point of view, and so we gotta we gotta kind of make sure we keep that line of communication open between the diverse points of view to, to to bring everything together right. here. So I just, well, just Joe, want to point that out. Joe, let's talk about what the difference here. is. Like, what's the difference between sort of his freight mix and my freight mix? Because my biggest concern with paying drivers more, right? And I don't. I mean, I love paying drivers more. I mean, I'd love to mm-hmm. give everyone as much sure. as possible, but. But I have I have competition in my marketplace, so Absolutely. I don't know, you know. And so when when my costs go up and I try to put through price increases like I did, I mean I might try to put through inflationary price increases the last two years, and mm-hmm. my customer base got eradicated. You know, I mean sure. I'm kind of like on our base revenue we're down like a couple million, uh, just right on the backs of my 
rate increases, right? So right. my fear right. to increase rates because you know if you've got a network and you pull out a couple million in in uh, in revenue, well, all of a sudden your your network's unstable, right? No, I I, I, I get. You're absolutely right, and that goes exactly to uh, Joel's description of Jerry's operation earlier. He cannot push through a price increase all by himself unilaterally because he'll get smoked. And that's what you're describing. And that's why what Joel was saying is, look, this has to be across the board. Just rescind the motor carrier exemption. And that way, the the so-called cost increases, your competitors have it too. So that keeps the playing field level. Your costs go up, but so 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 do your competitors. Well, legally, they are... But, you know, that, well, but, yes, potentially, well, this, this but where, legally, well, this, this is where I brought up the, you know, the owner-operator model. See, all of a sudden, Correct. this That's, will make the owner-operator mm-hmm. model be more attractive to carriers, right? And we've it, all it, heard about all the problematic things about an owner-operator model. So while I try to push through, you know, more employees, yes. I'm telling you, I will go to, instead of that, I will be going mm-hmm. to the owner-operator model, and I will be, you know, that guy that screws owner-operators now. Well, right? <laughs> okay, but here's here, here's the problem, right. is that, again, there, there is, so somebody earlier brought up uh, my favorite conversation, the PRO Act and AB5. So, <laughs> that cockamamie idea. So, we need to define what is an owner-operator, what is an employee, because if if somebody is leased to a carrier, you know they uh, and they're op- using somebody else's operating authority. In my opinion, they are no longer uh, a contractor; they are an employee. What? So let's be clear about that. What? Well, that uh, so uh, let's just take that I, regarding. I, I wait, I'm to make friends on that different. one. No, yeah, you're hold on. This is where every state uh, is different. So, so in California, you're uh-huh. correct, right? But in Texas, you're not correct. So every, every I, I realize state is that. different. Yep. If it, so, that that that's why I think there's going to be some state refusal to do this as well, or they'll come up with their own thing. And I don't know if that'll just apply to yep. intrastate versus interstate. But that California AB yep. five, what did that do? But, it sent everyone out of state, no hey, problem. Hey, Alec, right? just right, what? Right. Just one question for you. What what in yep. any rule that has ever existed about independent contractors, because we have to live by the rules, what in any rule ever excluded me from being an independent contractor leased to a carrier? Nothing. And it shouldn't. What is wrong, what's wrong with that model? Nothing. I love that model. N- nothing. I think it's one of the most efficient nothing. ways it, to move it, freight. It, well, and fungibility of... of I mean, it has to be applied to all industries, not the, you can't give real estate agents an exception and well, there you know, are, there, even they, lawyers they and don't. so on. So, they don't. Those, they, uh, I'm not wild the, the, about the rules. They could be written better. But again, it, it, the problem I, I, comes I in, in piling more regulation on. But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think the independent contractor model needs to be strengthened, not weakened. And there's no reason why I shouldn't be allowed to lease or work with another company that provides me my work. I run an independent business. I own the equipment. I pay all the employment taxes. I'm an independent contractor, and I want it to stay that way. Okay, so here's another complication, though. Um, And I hate to use throw in insurance in here, but that's it's another complication. Why? 
Joel and I are dealing with now. Why? Because they define a new entrant as a DOT operating authority of less than two years. And so the entire industry is skewed against independent contractors. So let's fix the insurance regulation, not screw up the independent contractor regulation. It's not a regulation on that. It's just well, the that, then, company. Well, it's then just go to a different insurance oh, company. Yeah, That's uh, what competition is all about. Yeah. 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 Well, but, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. this is this is their business model. But I would I would say, if if the government decides to go ahead and and drop this drop this out of the uh, the deregulation, you know, 1980 Act, and they gave they gave us enough time to work that through business, you know, because it's going to, you know, TJ may decide to do something. I may decide to do something. Schneider may decide to do something completely different. Like the ELDs, they said, we're going to give this out to you and we're going to mandate it in X amount of time. And everyone was able to kind of, you know, scratch, scratch through with the pencil and figure out how this is going to work beneficial and, and, and not. So, I mean, the government's going to so- certain things that we can't we can't control I you mean, know we, what? we do have a voice but i'm going to go back okay. to something i've been saying for a long time why do we even have authority at all anymore it should not exist it, it's a dinosaur it serves no purpose but it creates this independent contractor problem it, why can't I just go buy a truck just like I could go buy a gas station? I can buy a lawnmower. I can buy whatever well, gonna, business I want. Why, well, hold on. I can it, buy it, any it, business okay. I want, and I do not need the government's permission to be in business. And as soon as we do that, we created two different kinds of owner-operators, one who's really a carrier, one who's an independent contractor. Why? Why can't I just go buy a truck and go pull people's freight? Money. It, well, right, but that sucks. That's the one simple yeah. solution to this. Get rid of authority. Then everybody who owns a truck is, a, is an individual business. That, what's wrong with that? That's how and every so other industry works. Uh, here's, here's the initial yeah. problem with it, and we've talked about this before, and it's just like TJ and my brother that have existing operations that have gone through all the bullshit to get legal. and everything. They're going to get wiped out. Why? You take that rule out of there. Your existing companies. Because everybody can go out and buy a truck, and you know as That's well as I do, market. it's going to be freaking cap- capacity chaos. It is a free market, but just like a utility. But they're going to lose their ass. You, well, I, I don't care about the, It's a free market. It'll crash because you'll have. No, it was 100,000 trucks hitting the market. You yes, really it will, too. solve everyone's problem. We just go on strike. Come on. Wait, just... wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Hold on. The, the idea of getting your authority, it, it, that, that's barely a pebble in the road. That's not any kind of a barrier. It just serves no purpose. Right. Other than to, to generate so, money for the, for the government and to complicate it. But you're not going to get a bunch of people. I promise nobody is going to run out and go, oh, hell, authority went away. I'll just go get well, a truck. Well, they could just go get a truck well, now. So, Kevin, I, I, I got a question just from a historical perspective because I don't know the answer to this, and I'm sure you, you will. Did the DOT operating authority come in way back when? I mean, it's been a long time, but was that we were still to be regulated? ICD. Yeah. So this is. So if I'm understanding Kevin's standpoint, and I, and I, I dare say I'm coming around to his way of looking at it, is, is this a, a holdover or an, yes. an archaic 
pulled yes. over from so here's, here, that let me, really has no relevance in today's deregulated right. market. Let me try to explain why we had okay. a regulated market in trucking and very, very few industries had it. Airlines, utilities, trucking, not many others. Here's why. Railroads. Right. Yeah. And yeah. when you look at them all, they all have something in common. Trying to build out an entire nation of utilities, running lines. It was outrageously expensive, but it was good for the country. You couldn't allow competition at the time. Nobody would have ever built out an entire network and we would have had a mess. They looked at trucking the same way. You can't build a trucking company big enough to cover the country, and these little companies aren't doing it. They're putting each other out of business. So let's regulate the financial side of the market, and we can control the supply and allow the industry to grow. It did. And then we got smart and said, hey, look, that's not a problem anymore. Trucking has covered the country. The utilities have covered the country. We can now take that away. So they took the, uh, the, the control away, but they left the process of authority, and it makes no sense. It is totally archaic. So it I, should have disappeared uh, when, guess, they, when they I guess changed I, the I, Motor Carrier Act of 1980. The whole process should have gone away. Yep. So I guess I was basing my opinion on this disappearing with what we're dealing with right now is as a new carrier entrance, a new authority, your insurance rates are through the roof. But there should be no authority. Okay. If we get, if we get rid of authority, what's that do to the insurance rate, which is, I, I understand irrelevant, but in my mind, if that went away, you don't have to come up with $20,000 in cash Look, to put down for your first year insurance. You're going Look, to have here, a flood of trucks coming in. Here's, but the, I'm equating authority and insurance as one, right. one thing it here, probably shouldn't be. Well, let's look, well insurance does this a lot well, in, the, in the, industries the, 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 the that have no authority. The authority does now. Hey, Joe. Uh-huh. They can take it away from you if you're an unsafe well, actor. I'll, I'll, tell you, so, I'll tell you how. how that can be fixed without authority. Will still be able to. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how, because I've had my truck registered and insured since 08 under my authority. So mm-hmm. they're going to look at my history. You have to show prior history, mm-hmm. prior insurance history. So right. a new entry but, will still be a new entry, will still be a new entry. Let me give you an right. example. And the market of, will, uh, uh, let me give uh, you an uh, example uh, of how insurance right. did this. I was just, in trucking, I was, just, I was just equating the authority right. with the actual insurance and shouldn't have been. Right, right, so, right. Oh, no, good. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we'll still have those policy, those policy, well, uh, you know, in place. You know, let, if, you know, if, if, you know, my wife buys a truck tomorrow. Understood. Goes, goes in yeah. business. So she's going to be a new entry. Understood. You know? So here's another yeah, example understood. of how insurance can control things without any kind of authority. I, I was very, very right. close at one point to opening a truck driving school. I had the land. I had the equipment, I had the business plan, I had the financing. I could not get insurance. Nobody would write it for me. I went through a whole process in Ohio, going to the insurance board. They had some special fund that was supposed to exist for cases like this. That didn't work. The whole business went down the tubes because nobody would insure me. And you know what? I just, I moved on. 
if nobody wants to write insurance sure. for this, but that had, I didn't need authority to open that driving school, but I couldn't no, get the no, insurance. No, understood, understood. Yeah, I was just erroneously yeah, making Kevin, that link you, you, because you we're dealing with that. You know how to back up a truck properly, too. That was another. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Now, Henry, as far Kevin, as taking away the authority. Hey. I, that's not that wouldn't be necessary. You create a safety rating. You lose your safety rating. You lose the business, the, the ability to operate. We don't need authority for those things. That sort of is like authority, though, isn't it? That no. if you lose your ability no. to haul. No, it's not. It's, it, the, but, why why anyway, do we Kevin, have this process? I, 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 it I makes no sense. I got to jump off the call. So, uh, well, I got some things to tend to. All right. With um, the, just and 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 Alec, you need to quit talking about this stuff because my driver's looking about putting in an application with you. Well, and just just so you know, my driver having an argument just, here, and, and that's ugly when me and my driver start arguing. Just so you know, Henry, you're, you're leaving. Yeah. You're leaving early. I'm docking your pay. I have a long talk with my bus when I get home too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, have, have your boss call, call my boss. Yeah. 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 All, right, take care. All right, Henry. Yep, have, have a great day, and I'm docking your pay. Uh, Fred, what else you got? <laughs> uh, no, just, just call to, to – I, I love the conversation when it moves forward and, and the perspectives. So, uh, you know, I just had a few things, you know, to – right now, I think if they just threw it out there, things would be a little chaotic. It, of course, everything kind of it, levels it, off it, after it would a be. while. It, 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 would, be. it would be a shit show if they just dumped it in our laps and yep. said, you figure it out. So it, it can't happen that way. It, it, it has to be well thought out and it, it's going to take people. Yeah, well, I, I, no, a, no, right. No, I, I get um, it. I get it. And no, I'm going to make it. I completely get it. I'm going to make a point on that. But, but I, rest, I wanna, assured, uh, I wanna, rest assured, Kevin has already agreed to come to Washington and, uh, and basically knock him upside the head and fix it with me. So Alec, that's easy. Uh, I, I, it's in good hands. He, he was thinking Washington state. I, no, I, yeah, I've, I've already got that figured out. I, I live in Washington. This is easy. Yeah. He's so, going to row across but, the river. Yeah. But let me put this into perspective because this is being handled by the government. And I, I just read something that I, I probably shouldn't read this kind of stuff when I'm on the air. Um, got me canceled once. Um, this makes me insane. I don't know if anybody watched this case or not. There was a, a video. I remember watching this a while back. The guy's walking up to his house. I think he's in California. Yeah, he is. He's in L.A. Guy's walking up to his house. He's heading for his door, and he gets jumped and mugged by people with guns. Luckily, he pulls out his concealed weapon, and he has a permit, and he chases them off. Now he's got a wife and two kids in the house, and they're shooting at him in this video. He chases them off. He just lost his concealed carry permit. Oh, my gosh. That's the government we're trying to deal uh, with here. Uh, do, yeah, you know why he, do you know why he lost it? Now, this is he chased them. No, no, he was not. He no, wasn't no they, they didn't even house? say that because he's still on his property. They attacked him outside of his door and he kind of chases yeah. him off the property and, and everybody's shooting at everybody. This is obviously a seriously emotional, tense situation. When LAPD showed up, this guy yelled at them somehow, I guess. And, and now he lost his permit. He yelled wow. at so the police officer. Did the, co the cops... They got their feelings hurt? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, you know, feeling, feelings is violence now, gentlemen. So yeah. To, you know, so. yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, uh, you're violent. That's why I'm going to bring a lawsuit from the other night. They hurt my feelings. Yeah. I, he should file an appeal and blah, blah, blah. But that, that's ridiculous. It's that's completely the, that we always have to remember that is the government we're now trying to deal with. So on, on a different, on a completely side note, completely sideways from what we're talking about, <clears throat> the government is trying to reenact this restrict act. Uh, in the Senate, and if they get this through, they're 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 pushing it as let's let's save the children from TikTok. This is going to give the government complete <laughs> control on social media and shut down free speech. Uh, so this uh, is scary times we're in here, gentlemen. I'm going to buy. Um, I'm going to start investing in bullhorns. It might be the only way we're going to be able to get our message out. Soon. <laughs> Big, big blankets for smoke signals, say, right? There yeah. you go. Something. <laughs> something. All right. All right, Fred. Yeah, I, I got to start investing in. I'm going to start investing in ropes and guillotines. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, let, let's uh, add another voice to this. Daryl in Ohio, welcome. Hi, uh, Kevin and the rest of the group. I just wanted to uh, bring my perspective in on the uh i was owner operator at oakley for about nine years and two years ago this last december i decided to sell my truck and, and get out of it while it was a good time as far as selling my truck and uh so anyways i'm i'm working over the road now and it's interesting you talk about hourly pay because uh i that's what i make is hourly pay but i'm over the road i make 25 dollars an hour anything over 40 is overtime obviously and uh, we get paid a fuel bonus. We get paid holiday pay, which is 12 hours pay for each holiday. And uh, we get paid to watch uh, twice a month, once or twice a month, send these safety videos. And we get paid $30 a video to watch those. And uh, we're treated really fair and really good insurance we've got. Uh, a 401k, he matches 6%. So... I, I think it's already out of here more than y'all realize this hourly so, pay. So who is that? What, is there, that there is so some two out. things. No is doubt. that still Oakley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the first thing is, uh, if you're getting paid overtime, then you are probably an intrastate carrier uh, as opposed to uh, an interstate I, carrier. No, I'm interstate. I go all over. I'm and, driving in. And you get paid. Over. And. And you get paid overtime. Hey, that's great. Um, now, you said end dump. So what you've described is more of a vocational type of deal. And the mega carriers generally don't participate in that kind of a market. And that's why your employer, who is very progressive and pro-driver, so con I congratulate him, but he is he's in a unique market Um it's more of the on-highway, long-haul, you know, where the mega carriers compete. That's generally where you see the problem. So, so just, just as a kind of an observation here, run and end dump in a, a more vocational application, your boss is probably competing against construction companies to get the typical construction worker to come to work for him to do this vocational type work. It's more in line with, with that, that type of work. And so he probably has to kind of match what the competition is doing on the construction side with overtime and his hourly rate in order well, to bring that, that type of driver into the into the fold. I can tell you what pushed him to it. The driver started going to Walmart 
and working for Walmart. So it gotcha. pushed him to up his game. Okay. Gotcha. So now, yep. right, nice. He's up his game, and he's you know uh, I've got I mean really really good insurance, and I I've, I've been on both sides of it. I've even worked for Yellow Freight for 14 or 15 years, and I got laid off so many times. That's how I ended up at Oakley because I didn't go there because of the union. I went there because I was trying to feed my family. But gotcha. anyway, that's a, there's another story about that. A lot of people don't even know this last go around with uh, our pension. They they got a deal through on our pension that it's guaranteed now. I've got a letter that I can show y'all that they nice. snuck through. That they snuck through though without a lot of people even knowing this crap, which I think they wasted a lot of our money, to be honest with you. They always do. Yep. But anyways, I just wanted you all to know that there's there's several, probably more than you realize, paying, paying hourly pay and how TJ gets by with paying them guys $300 a day out there in California. I don't know how, how he could do that. I mean, them guys that so, get the news to run off made more than that. So here's the funny thing. So isn't it really neat that competition drives, you know, compensation and rates? That's an interesting concept. You know, actually, I think that's exactly what Joel and I have been advocating for is let's reduce the, the, the artificial impediments to making competitive markets, you know, labor markets across the board. That's what we want to see. So, and what your example that you just described shows that, hey, the guy couldn't compete. He was losing drivers to Walmart. Walmart pays a per mile uh, when they're driving and an activity fee for when they're dropping and hooking and, and so on, attending trainings right. and, and fueling. They get paid an activity fee. I'm going to throw Very in Very close a, to what we're doing. Go I'm ahead. I'm going to throw in a random anecdote here uh, because there is another side of the story. Probably wouldn't happen quite as much in the over-the-road market, but it's going to happen. In all the things I've done in trucking, I've only been paid by the hour once, and that was as an owner-operator. And it was a union company that I leased my truck onto, and we moved a lot of the... They made cardboard boxes, and we delivered cardboard boxes to their customers all over Ohio. And within a couple of days of being there, I was approached by a rather unfriendly-looking group of drivers... And they said, yesterday you did this run in six hours. And I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> and they said, but, but that's an eight and a half hour run. I said, no, it's not. I did it in six hours. And they said, you're not understanding us. That's an eight and a half. Hour. And I wasn't understanding them. I, I, I thought, do you guys not understand math? I did it in six hours. That made it a six hour run. Oh, shit. And the next they, they need to bring their goon with them. Yep. Well, yeah, it got worse the next day when I went to leave the dock. My truck was blocked in and nobody knew where anybody was with the keys to all the vehicles that were blocking me in. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that you, stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. Especially, especially Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, it I, I could see yeah. you, Kevin, playing dumb out there. <laughs> yeah. What were you talking about? I, I know. That's what I was doing. Wait a minute. I did it in six hours. Most that makes it a six-hour run. People are looking at the union run. number on their shirt, sitting their pants, going, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. It's eight and a half hours. Not Kevin. No, yeah. no it's six. It's five and a half. If I hurry. That's right. I was going to try to beat my record the next day. <laughs> 
<laughs> what, wait a minute. Are you saying there was competition? Uh, well, well that, there was that, no competition. competition. <laughs> Correct. I, I wanted to compete with yeah. them, but when there are 12 of them and they block my truck in, there's not a whole lot of competing going on. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. How much does it go saying... at that 25 bucks an hour? Like, I'm just curious what he clears in a week or what he grosses in a week at, at his company. Uh, we we had to. I was going to say we lost him, but I'll be honest. I hung up on him. I have to hung, hang up on everybody oh, okay. or I'd never get through the calls. So we're, we are going to go to right. another yeah. one. We'll yeah, because sometimes I mean, so, so, like some drivers, they want to work so they can, you know, so that they can get a, a gross amount at the end of the week. And, you yeah. know, if, if yeah. mm-hmm. yes, these pay scales are great, but sometimes they're not going to cover, they're not going to get you there. Right. Especially if, if these, yeah. like these megas running three, four, 500 miles a day, like God, there's not a driver mm-hmm. in my fleet that'd want to do that job right. just because they don't want to be inactive in the truck. Right. For so long, you can pay them whatever you want, overtime, whatever, and they're still not going to be happy because they're sitting in a truck stop, stop somewhere. All right, let's go to. So, o- Kevin, what you oh, experienced there was was not a barrier to entry, but a barrier to departure. It was. There were all kinds of barriers, <laughs> and and I had a feeling, you know, I, I was going to get a barrier upside the head. Barrier as well. Yeah, I, I, he, he was going to yeah, get exactly. a barrier to breath, to breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did yeah, not. Sure. They did not like me trying to break records on how fast I could do these runs. Yeah, I bumped up against <laughs> that same thing when I I had actually had a truck lease to Balkmatic, and I was running out of a union terminal, and I was young, and I guess I really didn't know what I was getting into. Same same shit. Yeah, and yeah. kind of the same thing. I just kept doing what I do, you know, not <laughs> thinking everything of I, it, and. One day the goon comes. He's six seven, biggest dude I've ever seen in my life. I mean, and he's just he comes with yeah. And so my days yeah. of setting speed records were done right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I was like, okay, whatever you uh, want me to do. <laughs> I, I I just moved on. I didn't yeah. last a month at that place. Let's. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear you. I transferred out of the out of the union terminal and I went to the terminal across town that was non-union. Done the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Let's let's go to Oklahoma, Joshua. Welcome. Hey guys, so I'm going to put a wrench in a couple of things. So that overtime pay will actually help us as, you know, uh, flatbed and step that guys, because you do a lot of work that's off, you know, off the mm-hmm. clock that we don't get paid for. Right now, I mean, you get facility pay with tarping, but even then you're not really getting paid for the time that it can take. So there's one thing. Um, and for the guy with the pack car, I drive a brand new 24 579 with a 12 speed in a pack car and they do shift extremely slow. Now I've learned uh, after two years of driving pack cars, you have to basically slap, uh, slap the stick to go down a gear up the hill or it'll basically take all momentum before it shifts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They've got a very relaxed uh, shift strategy going on. Not exactly sure why um a lot of times they'll have test drivers out running and the lead or the alpha driver in the the test driving group he will impart a lot of his own personal experience in how that shift logic ends up working and it sounds like they had a guy that was probably a fuel mileage nut and was letting everything drag back because that was the thing to do back in the day and and uh they're still still running with it but that is that is a problem on on that pack our transmission it, it's it's a little lazy right and then that's and that's the other thing going with your uh 
company driver and, you know, having to fly everywhere. I was trying to get the best fuel mileage out of this motor I can, but then I watched my paycheck drop, and I will admit, I mean, I don't fly to, you know, school zones or construction zones, but, yeah, if my foot's not to the floor, I'm losing money. So well, I definitely, let's face it. Pay by the mile was conceived to boost productivity, and it does. Right. Your it, The incentive is on you mm-hmm. to run as fast as you can, and mm-hmm. that's great for the business owner. I mean, that, that is awesome because it's, the productivity is high, but there is a safety component there, and unfortunately, we tend to prioritize in the business productivity over safety when we have that pay-by-the-mile scheme. And, and that, that, to me, is one of the, the biggest reasons why pay-by-the-mile needs to go away. It, it's, it's more a safety issue than, than anything else. Um, but I know the business owners because, I, I, I mean, look, I, I, I was sitting in those meetings, and, and we, we had the discussions, and it's just like TJ explains. There's a hell of a lot of challenges to doing this and doing it right, and most small to mid-sized and even larger trucks they just cannot afford right at this moment to donate the time and the effort to put that plan together because it's not going to be cheap and inexpensive to do. So, you know, without some type of level playing field across the board, there is no incentive for anybody to touch this shit with a 10-foot pole. There's just not. It, it's going to take a hell of a lot to of time and effort to, to make it right. Right. I don't know how they're going to do it with, you know, the flatback time of the auxiliary pay. Um, like the overtime, because I guarantee if we do that, I guarantee we, I'm in a mid-sized company, but I feel like they're going to have to change and we'll get paid for tarping and all the oversized stuff. So I'm I'm curious. I mean, it's good for me. I got five kids and a wife to feed. So, um, yeah. but I yeah, don't know if it's going to turn negative when it actually hits the company's <laughs> it's, It is hard to say. I mean, there's arguments both ways that, like Kevin said, make a lot of sense. I I am caught up in the human part of this. I, like you, I see a guy that has five kids to feed, and I look at how they're being paid. You know, essentially you're tarping that shit for free, basically is what's happening. Because what, what, what do they always say? Oh, it's built into the rate. Don't you just love it when they tell you that? Oh, it's built into the rate. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might be. But, I mean, so, if he's making 75 cents I, a mile, I, it might be built look, into look, the rate. I mean, it's I, very well I, I, I get it. I get it. But here's what happens from a driver's point of view. So one day it takes them 20 minutes to tarp the load because everything's perfect. The next day it takes them four hours to tarp it because it's frozen, the wind's blowing, everything's going on. Mm-hmm. That rate stays the same. It does not accommodate what just happened there. And that's part of the problem when we say it's built into the rate, it, it doesn't accommodate for oh, the, the, the variance. It's built into the average. It's built into the average. The best saying yes. ever is everyone cuts their own deal in life. Everyone cuts their own deal in life. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, if, and if you don't like the deal, if you don't like the deal, then you gotta, uh, you got to make a change. I mean, and employees, and, and, like we can't just hold that, that hand forever. Like I love it when my that, employees come to me and say, hey, I just did 14 stops. What are you going to do for me? And I say, and I look at it, I say, God damn, you just did 14 stops. Here's, here's yeah. whatever. Here's a new Harley. Just kidding. Yeah. I've never done that. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, that's you know. the way I was brought up. Yeah. My, my, my dad had the same mindset. I mean, when I was doing furniture, there were times when, you know, we were busting out 14, 15 stops in a day, you know, running around certain towns that were a bitch to get around. And you're working your ass off. But you know what? The, 
the the pay itself never really never really changed. And so there's there's a lot of moving parts to this, and there's no right or wrong answers at this point. Um, I I just think what happens we can do we can do a better job than what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. For example, I just closed a deal, right, like a couple million dollars, Mm -hmm. and then. Mm Um, and I ran it for one year, right? We're 10 months in, this new big account. Sure. And, just, and I had, I had yep. what did I have to do to get that business? I had to sharpen my pencil. Sure. Okay, so I sharpen sure. my pencil, I get the business, and then this mandate comes down. Boom. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, well, no doubt. That, yes. <laughs> ra- raise the price on, on $2, $2 uh, million dollar account. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, I, now you're all out I of agree. the job. Yep. Yeah, but, because I had, to shut but, down, but here's I had to shut down the Florida lane. I, you know, that's I here's what's going to happen is... Everybody's going to be in the same boat as you are, though. So, you know, obviously you're going to go back to your customers and say, hey, look, Congress just passed a law. I need to renegotiate. They can't just willy-nilly go to someplace else because they got the same law. And that's why we're, it has to be universally applied. So here's what yeah. happens. It, the, the business jumps around, so the business will move. It will move because yes, I'll, be will. In, I'll be the first in. I agree. I'll be the first in to alert them. I'll be like, hey, this new law passed. I'm raising your price 30, <laughs> yep. 33%. And then they'll say, yep. okay, well, I'm going to go to your competitor who hasn't told me that yet. And they switch yep. it over right. for six months, and then the competitor comes back and says the same thing. Hey, this new law, i got to raise your price 33%. Okay, then they come back to me. Well, in the meantime, what happened to my yep. infrastructure? It got decimated. I agree. Well, but, the floor hold, hold, hold on. I had to close the hold terminal. On a second. I closed you, the terminal. No, you didn't, because when that happens, uh, you're going to no, go no, out no, no, and no, taking, no, no. taking other businesses no, no, as well. No, no, so, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold I wish second. it were that way. I, I know what TJ's saying because I've seen this shit happen, and he is right. Mm-hmm. Initially, when this all comes into effect, the, the people that have cut deals, just like he's talking about, you, yeah, you're going to get smoked. There, there is no doubt. There is going to be, mm-hmm. that is going to be a problem that we're going to have to figure out how to address and to work around that. I, I, I completely agree with you, TJ. You're going to get smoked in that deal. And because it's happened to us, they jump to another customer, they get the outlaws that'll mm-hmm. do the shit for as long as they possibly can under the table. And you just invested in new equipment, real estate, potentially cross docking facility, mm-hmm. and you, and you get, right. you get hung out to dry and that hurts. And you just, don't go out and say, oh, I'll just go out and, you know, grab another customer to accommodate everything you set up specifically right. for that operation. That's problematic, and there's, there's no question about it. But mm-hmm. when I listen to TJ talk, he's got legitimate concerns. These are the exact same concerns mm-hmm. that the employees have. Yeah. So it's that back and forth that, you know, I, I get it. I get what he's saying, and I know it's true. How we handle mm-hmm. it, I'm not 100% sure yet, and that's why we need this type of discussion. Right. Yeah, I see a but lot I, of drivers hopping around right now because this is the same thing that hap- is happening with, let's say, the, the drivers that during COVID were making 65, 70 cents a mile, right? I didn't raise yep. mine yep. Fit from 52 or 54 to go up to 74, right? I just couldn't because right. I knew better because I didn't get to raise right. the rate on my customers until January of each year, sure. right? Because I, yes. you know, so, so then... I stay the course, probably lose a couple drivers that jump ship, right, to go to a 60, yeah. 70, and then now we're on yep. the other side of that. So now the 60, 70 cent a mile start mm-hmm. looking at 52 and saying, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, this is great, mm-hmm. right? So so as a business, my 
goal is to normalize things. So I try very hard to normalize rates for my customer. I try hard to normalize pay for my drivers. I try to normalize things versus participating in these wild swings that are caused by not only government, so, but other, you know, other things. Yeah, well. yes, I, no, I, I, I agree. So let me ask you a question, T.J. How many units are you operating right now? Well, we have like 70, but we're probably only running every day 50. So probably like okay. 50 trucks right. are no, active yeah, every day. So, sure, you know, sure. Are no. So a shop. mid-sized, a good, a good mid, small to mid-sized fleet. Yeah. Um, so how much effort goes into operational efficiency and stuff? Do you spend a whole lot of time with it, or are you just so slammed with the day-to-day realities you really can't focus on that? Well, so we're in California. A lot of our activities in California, so the speed limit is 55. Mm-hmm. So there's one mm-hmm. thing right there. Um, mm-hmm. There is some. We do have a lot of trucks east of Dallas, right? They run 65, mm-hmm. right? But they're doing mm-hmm. 14 stops up the East Coast, so I'm okay sure. with that. But, sure. yeah, so, I mean, we do all the things, you know, that Kevin Rutherford teaches over the years. So now, sure. um, so not not to the level that you're doing it. Right? No, un- understood, and, and and that's what I was trying to get a feel for what your opinion yeah. was on. Are there efficiencies left to help you offset a potential uh, overtime pay yeah. structure? Yeah, I get, I'm going to okay. stop buying Volvo headlights for a thousand dollars each. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I mean, this is insanity. <laughs> what Volvo charges for things, right? So, uh-huh. uh, and and the way they diagnose too, they're like, oh, you need a whole new headlight assembly. Freightliner told me that once too, and then I realized it's just a ballast for like a hundred bucks, right? So, gotcha. th- yeah, our maintenance is the biggest. I, I think our maintenance is the yeah. biggest problem right now, and because we go all in, we fix everything that's broken. We don't cut mm-hmm. any corners in maintenance. Yeah. But yep. that leads to a really high repair bill. It, it, it so. does. It does. Mm-hmm. And it getting getting to the right people, we, we face that same same challenge. And you're right. They want to sell you assemblies when you can fix individual components inside that assembly. And then you start to learn, oh, I can get discounts here and I can get discounts there. And then you're like, uh. So, no, I hear you. I hear where, where you're at. How long have yeah. you been doing your you, own maintenance? Oh, the whole time, 20 years. But here's the the very, very Mm -hmm. best for you. Um, We went to our local Freightliner dealership, right? And Mm -hmm. you you ever heard of this Mm -hmm. Pinnacle account? Now, one would think you sign up for a Pinnacle account for what they tell you. Oh, you're going to get the same pricing across the country, and you're going to get a little bit of a discount everywhere, (laughs) and it's going to be super-duper cool. We go to our Uh local dealership, and we're like, uh, we need to do something here. We're spending forty grand a month with you. And they said, oh, Mm -hmm. we'll just get rid of your Pinnacle account, and we'll give you a bigger (laughs) discount. Like what? <laughs> you got to be kidding me! That's the deal. Yeah, so, we bumped up against mm-hmm. shit like that too. You know, you, it's 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 very much. You got to know the right people to get the right parts. <laughs> but I I hear I hear where you're the coming from. Latest learning thing. Yeah, but, yeah. So fuel. I mean, fuel. You know, I got the fuel surcharge protects us really well. Our customer base Good. understands it. That's great. We work on. Uh, you know, Good. our fleet average is like seven two or seven three. So I mean, it's not. Yeah where it could be, right, especially right, running a right. lot of this California miles. But they're P&D drivers, right? They're start and stop. They're all it's, that. It's a hard, hard-duty mm. cycle, no doubt. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, no but, doubt. I mean, awesome. I, I'm, it, it, we just – I just know that, that, you know, we have this fixed assets that are, that are fixed. There's no way around those fixed mm-hmm. assets. We just went through a horrendous 30% 
renewal on our insurance, 30% increase on our insurance. And, you, you and we too. had to put down, <laughs> yeah, 30%. And we had to put down, they raised the down payment to like, oh. I mean, we paid three, 300 grand or something down. And yeah. then, and then they said, oh, it's a per mile policy, but we have a minimum. So I'm like, what? Oh. Because that was my out. Because I thought, okay, well, I'll get the, I'll go back to the per mile. I love that. Uh-huh. And then after uh-huh. reviewing it, you know, they have this minimum. I'm like, well, shit, uh-huh. I can't park any trucks with the minimum. That means right. go back to hiring. So now I'm back right. on the hiring com- company drivers. Yeah, so, gotcha. But I'm just happy to be in a hybrid hybrid position where I can mm-hmm. I can pull a couple levers and do more of outsourcing, or I can do more employees. Like I can just kind of, you know, I can sh- I can shuffle. Kind of balance it, yeah. Right, yeah, right you know, now I'm running 25%, 25% of my business I outsource. So so do you find when you hire owner-operators, you really get the kind of the prima donna attitude a lot of times, that I won't do this or I won't do that, and I'm going to tell you how I'm going to run, or are they pretty straight up and do whatever no, you need they're done? straight up. They're, they they, oh, they do good. what needs to be done. So I like to think that I have the best offering for them, right? Whether it's, it's not just mm-hmm. the best rate, but maybe there's some other thing. Like they use my shop. They use my trailers. They use, if they, if they come through our facilities, they, you know, they, we treat them like family. So, so good. you know, we got that going on for them. And some of them like that. Some of them like drop and hook and power only, terminal to terminal, right? They love uh-huh. that. So, Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe they're not getting 270 a mile; they're only getting 220. But they just love drop mm-hmm. and hook, and they never run out of freight. So, sure. yeah, that's nice. where I mean, I made the decision a while ago to just not do the line haul anymore with my own trucks because gotcha. the back hauls were kind of screwing us. They were just driving things down. So I offloaded yeah, the back haul. The back haul risk. I've offloaded that to the contractor base. Sure. So. But and then, and then sure. you know we do that we lease a few guys on to our authority and I don't see the problem with that like you know like I, I just don't see the problem with leasing on using someone else's authority and then we charge them fifteen percent you know so what that's sure. a, it's a win win sure. they don't want to do compliance and I mm-hmm. do compliance already so we can trade value right and uh, and they love you know paying fifteen percent or whatever it is ten percent. So I love that model. Definitely, definitely That's a way sense. to get into yeah. business and pay off a truck. Like my guys, I teach them, hey, <clears throat> get, go on my authority and then pay your truck off with some stability, right? Pay, have a little bit of stability on my authority <clears throat> and then and then pay your truck off and then go, then go get it. Then go get your authority and do your thing. And many of them are very successful. I mean, sure. you know, I've probably truckers that were owner-ops and then they left me after being on my authority and then they go get their own authority and they're successful and they don't even run for me anymore you know they find their own lane they find you know they find a good thing that works for them based on where they live and they become a real company so that's happened many times so i think of my contractor model as a stepping stone i don't care if they leave me i'm here to you know you know get train them they move my loads they pay off their truck maybe they bought the truck from me and uh you know then i get to get to sell a truck, get to move some more loads, get to get someone in business, and then they move on, sure. which is which is what I think the whole industry should be. I think everyone should work for Swift for the first month, and then I think they should quit early and go to England, and then I think they should, you know, step it up to a mid-sized carrier, and then I think they should, you know, be, be a contractor, and then I think they should go get their own authority. Like, that's kind of like this, this industry is 
geared for people to learn and grow and have some stepping stones to improve on themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you don't always you don't always get four dollars a mile. I know that. Right? You sure don't get it when you're brand new, but you get experience. So that's my thought on it. I love yep. that, that there's a, a method the whole way. Some of my guys they you know, they're here forever. They're not going anywhere for fifteen years because they just they, they get to go do their thing, they meet the same customers, they get reoccurring stops so they know where they're going, what they're doing. They that you know, they mm-hmm. high five all the people where they're going. And that's one of the benefits for working for us is it's it's not it's not spot market freight. It's not broker freight. It's you know it's it's regular reoccurring business. So contract freight, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As an as yeah. an employee driver, that's what I prefer. Um, you know, and that's what my brother's very similar situation. Just no owner operators. All employees and and same thing. You know, reoccurring, same people. You know, everybody. You know what's going on and and it, it it's it's comfortable for an employee as well. So it, it, it works out well, but, uh, sounds like you got a cool operation going on out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, so Jesus. I, it's, isn't it wild though? Yeah. I think that the, the, the shops, you know, I mean, the next thing that the, the, the government will be going after is uh, egregious shop charges. I mean, if there's one thing that hurts productivity more than anything is your truck going into a dealership for three weeks, and you can't, you're just, you're completely screwed. You can't make a payment. Like, you miss everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, this is right. crazy. Well, check this out. They just they just diagnosed my. They finally got my Tundra fixed, right? I turned in a uh, turned the truck into Toyota dealership, and they said, "Oh, it'll be seven thousand. And I said, "Okay, great. It's going to fix the problem, right? Seven thousand doesn't fix the problem. Oh, it needs a new engine. Great. That's going to be thirteen more thousand. So we're up to twenty. So up to twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, great. It's fixed, right? I drive it fifteen miles, and then the same exact code comes on, and they're like, "Oh, oh it's your oil oil control valves were reversed." So what? On the first engine, where you redid the whole head, and you redid the head, you redid this, you redid that, $7,000. But here's the kicker. I said, okay, where's that engine? Because the one that I had in it, I believe to be a sound engine. You just misdiagnosed it. Oh, we turned it back into LKQ for the core. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. You rebuilt the whole top end of an engine and then turned it in as a core? <laughs> yeah, that's what we did. And I, uh, I Billy, Billy Bob Joe took it home with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is shoot. crazy. That's so funny. I'm gonna have to end up, you know, like I don't get the lawyers out very often, but like in twenty thousand dollars, like I'm gonna have to small yeah. claims or something. It's a little, like, what a little crazy. They they're not even responsive. Like I'm like, can oh, I just talk grand to like, the man upstairs? Twenty grand yeah, on a pickup they, truck. That's that's kind of big claims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Or I could just sell the truck and get my twenty grand out of it and whatever. But then I don't have a truck. <laughs> uh huh. So yeah. So these these. these... Hey, you can go to Billy Bob. He's got you. He'll, he'll put a truck together for you. <laughs> and they're they're completely unqualified. And you'll get your engine back. You'll get yeah. You get your engine back. But I mean, you got 21 year old working on my this engine. Like that's the best you come up with as a 21 year old to figure out my engine for this amount. Like you don't have like a senior mechanic here. But 
Yeah, they gave him a class. They paid him a lot of money, $39 an hour, and supposedly he's a qualified mechanic. Well, right? and he's got a participation trophy to prove he went through the class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What do we get to say? Let's just keep an open mind and keep the discussion going on this stuff. Um, civil. We're going to have different opinions, obviously, different points of views. We'll learn from each other, and hopefully we can work together to make our industry a better place. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I do have to pay Joel uh, on his minute, so that's one thing. You know, I think this whole conversation, while it's animated and all of that, um, just underscores just how complex this whole issue is and how vital it is to have, you know, obviously uh, I might disagree in some instances from TJ and that's all well and good. I disagree with Joel on a daily basis. That's all well and good. Uh, even you, Kevin. So, but the, the important thing is, and I think Joel, <laughs> believe it or not, but yeah, to, to get together, we all have mutual respect. Hopefully Republicans and Democrats can do the same and we can kind of air out the conversations, the pros and cons, and hopefully sharpen our pencil so that we can put something that's gonna serve everybody better than what we have now, because obviously what we have now is not working on so many bases. So um, it would be great, you know, the next time I'm out in California, I'm gonna look up TJ, because he's not far from my folks. And uh, the next time I go through Oregon, I'm gonna paddle up the river and come see you or we go to Washington or whatever and try to educate some people so that we can, you know, really craft something that that's not just mired by a whole bunch of politicians and time's up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm strict salary. So I don't get what. <laughs> well, Hey, I, I mean, I agree with everything they just said. We'll just keep the conversation open and I'm not, I'm not worried about it as far as regulation. Like, I love my ELD. It's a lot easier than filling out the paper log. So um, this might be the same, you know. It's, but I'm just, it's just going to – there's a lot of people that are going to be doing math with their calculators, and they're going to they're gonna have to find some way to deal with this. And it's probably more – No doubt about it. It'll probably be more oh. math than, like, the ELDs were, if you will. So it, it, it'll definitely – Put, send a ripple through the supply chain, I suppose. Maybe or maybe not at the wrong time. Right. A lot of these things, you know, the the labor unions fighting for, for for more money as we go into a recession, or maybe, or maybe not a recession, but just a super duper inflationary period. Right. It just seems like the governments they just add more fuel to certain fires all the time. So that's my thought. No more fuel to no more fires. Got it. So I, I just need to let everybody listening on the live stream know this conversation probably sounded really odd to them. I just found a flaw in my new setup. I, I set up everything new, new laptop, new everything to get rid of our problems. So normally on my old setup, if I would mute myself, then if I try to talk, I can't hear myself in my headphones and I immediately know I'm muted. 
something's weird about my new setup. I've been muted for like the last 20 minutes. You guys could hear me, but nobody else could on the live stream. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's oh, wow. sending me Get message. He, he's That's like, going to be the craziest show to re-listen to. Aaron's sending me messages, and he's like, the show's going in and out. I haven't heard you in, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's bizarre. And then I looked over, and I'm muted, but I... I, I could still hear myself in my headset, so I didn't realize I was muted. Yeah, that's got to be weird. Huh. And I, I'll, I'll just let everybody know that everything I said during that time was absolutely brilliant. Sorry you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. So I will say yeah. this, and then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, this, this show, this segment, Friday, is becoming my absolute favorite. I, I love talking with you guys about this stuff. T-Day, today you were a, a great addition. I want you to join um, whenever you want, and if you're willing, we'll, we'll make you an official co-host. Is anybody hearing me? I've got you. I hear you. Oh, okay. I didn't hear any response. Well, no wonder why. T-Day's gone. He just hung up on us. <laughs> huh. All right. He'll um, be back at his piece. Yeah, but I, but I, I <laughs> no, we 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 need TJ back. We definitely need him back. He brings brings a lot to the conversation. I, I I think we should uh, we have a quorum present. We should just take a vote on his behalf. It, 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 <laughs> there I, you go. Let's do it. All in favor of TJ being an official co-host, say aye. I, uh, we're there. It's done. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. And he's not Welcome. getting he's not getting <laughs> overtime pay. Sorry. <laughs> all right you guys have uh, a great he's weekend not even getting hourly <laughs> pay what the hell is no. that um <laughs> paid by the mile <laughs> yeah that's right uh i would I, look I, I i want a new regulation i want to get paid by the word there you go yeah sounds good <laughs> i want to get paid by the word because that's i think sounds that's good not, right. not, hey hey you start saying things like that, you're starting to sound like a lawyer. <laughs> That's right. All right. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up. I'm going to get my weekend started. We will see you back here next week. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.